Hello and welcome to the Saladcast on Sunday the 6th of March 2022. I'm your host Dan Train. Joining me today is Zachary Burgess. Not sponsored. And Robert Kemp. Not sponsored. By Vaseline. (laughs) You just yell Vaseline into the mic. I forget Vaseline's a brand. (laughs) But it's not just like the chemical makeup of that whatever the oil group is. Petroleum jelly. Petroleum jelly. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. What makes something jelly? It's not very jelly-like in terms of like the... Oh, I guess it depends how warm it is. It probably like gets more <laughs> gel-like as it gets a bit warmer. Does it have a wobble quality? I don't think you need a wobble to make it. It's a gel, not a jelly necessarily. Yeah, that's, that's... Jelly is a bit of a, like, a not really a technical word, I suppose. Uh, and of course it means something different depending on where you are. Yeah. Like jelly's a jam in America, right? they are jelly-like jams. Yeah, I suppose. That's but, true. But not... Depending on the exact consistency of the jam, because sometimes jam can be much less <laughs> jelly-like. Yeah, I guess. There's a, yeah, there's a, I don't know what... I suppose when you, when you put it that way, it's like it is kind of strange that the UK, like, difference between a jelly and a jam. It's like, you're right, they are kind of similar. But a jam, I suppose, is like can be quite liquid. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, some jams are more like actually just Use. like jelly. <laughs> like, like yeah. you can, they turn into like always chunks yeah, yeah. as you try like, and spread them. Like the little packets yeah. you get at like a Premier Inn or whatever yeah. when you're having your breakfast on holiday or whatever. Those are, those, those are, those are very much a, just a very sweet jelly. Whereas a lot of. Even those little glass containers that, yeah. you know, with the screw top, but tiny, tiny. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't even thinking about, I was thinking about the plastic ones, you know, with the little, oh. like, removable <laughs> tops. But then sometimes jam is just like a paste. Yeah. And it's labelled conserve or something mm, like that. Sometimes. Ooh, raspberry conserve. It's like But that's like another jam. different layer, isn't it? Like <laughs> conserves are like an even more specific kind of jam type thing. Yeah. It's like but, preserve uh, except it's conserve. <laughs> Presumably. Conserve. Oh god. Yeah, that, now there's a game show question. Is it a conserve or a preserve? <laughs> or both? Or do, do those words mean the exact same thing? <laughs> Probably. How do we go with that? I don't know if like a jar of pickled <laughs> pickles uh, if pickled in vinegar would be a conserve, it's more of a preserve, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but that's you don't even call that a preserve in the same way. They are preserved. And it is technically a preserve of pickles, is I it, guess. Is it a preserve? <laughs> or would you just call it a pickle? <laughs> well, you just call it pickled. Like that's that's yeah. what you just you attach the word pickled to whatever is pickled. <laughs> like eggs and onions and <laughs> whatever else. Yeah. I was about to say Mars bars because I assume that has happened at some point. <laughs> Mars bars. <laughs> Why? Well, because if we're battering <laughs> Mars bars, we might as well pickle them. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then batter the pickled yeah, Mars exactly. bars. And then batter the pickled Mars bars. <laughs> that must have had. Oh, man. A bit, a bit like a battered Mars bar in my head has always sounded kind of gross. Yeah, but now that oh, we've, yeah. <laughs> that's the idea. But yeah. but now that we've pickled it, for some reason, a bit of me is back on board. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I'm not sure you could actually pickle a Mars bar because, like, 
chocolate no. is kind of impenetrable li- yeah, but to it's, liquids. It's not. Oh, I suppose. Yeah, the outside of a Mars bar is fairly consistent, usually. Mm. It's like a shell. But if it melts a little bit first... Sure, but that's not how you pickle things. You don't don't pre-melt things and then try and pickle. (laughs) (laughs) You could cut them in half, right? And then it would go in the nougat or whatever. A vinegary nougat. (laughs) I suppose you do the opposite with eggs. You don't don't pre-melt them. You pre-harden them by boiling them. And then the egg is still penetrable by liquid I guess. just isn't it like a pickled egg is kind of lightly pickled in the grand scheme of sure i, in, I mean in it's the like pickle matrix yeah it's like, like it penetrates from the outside gradually so like the mm. longer they've been there the more pickled they get yeah i like a pickled egg but, oh man it's so long since i've had a pickled onion right because the problem with pickled onions is i only tend to like them in like very small quantities and but you have to buy like a massive effing jar they're pickled yeah. <laughs> They're conserved. Yeah, I wonder, because there's like I don't know. We we drew a question mark over when we moved house. Like we drew a question mark over some like custom pickled onions. Like mm. someone picked yeah, up okay. them for us. That's we were like, like more risky, I we suppose. Were like, well, we're not quite sure. These have literally been in the cupboard for about five years. And it's like I would had a couple of them. Because they were like they were like the um the even harder pickled onions, right? Because they were like the, they were massive. These were like these were like chunky monkey pickled onions, right? And uh, custom and pickled, yeah, <laughs> custom pickled, and it's like which we were very grateful for, and they were quite delicious, if not massively potent. Mm. But uh, yeah, didn't didn't finish the jar, and then we were like, oh, I don't quite know what to do with these. Well, that's why you. That's why the superior version of pickled onions is always the tiny ones because you can just eat as many of those as yeah, you want, so and it's just like you can have as many as you want at any time. And they're not that potent. The, well, the, the yeah, silver depending. skins, you mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, those are more acceptable. And they're so small that you could do stupid things like put them in a sandwich instead of like you know Branson pickle kind or whatever. Of, well, I've never tried that. I've never tried a like. I suppose you still have to cut them up a bit, right? Well, you... not really, with those really tiny ones, mm. like centimetre-sized, like not even oh, man, regular that, yeah, pickled onions. really tiny, yeah. They do do. I, I still probably want to slice it a bit, because it's just a sphere. I, I mean, I suppose it depends how chunky you're going with the bread. If your mm. bread is sufficient that it can actually like impress the, the small pickles <laughs> into it. <laughs> and then the vinegar soaks into the bread. Well, I mean, you don't get that much vinegar with pickled onions, really. You drain them off on the way to the bread. You don't like pour them out <laughs> onto the bread. There was a hot minute where I got into like having um, uh, those hamburg- those mini hamburger pickles. Whatever the hell those are, what their actual vegetable is that they make those up with the little, little like tiny green bogies, right? The little tiny tiny green cucumbers. They probably are cucumbers or courgettes or something, but they're like they're mini. And uh, yeah, I got into those for a while, and then that that jar suffered the same fate. It's like I got about two thirds of the way through it and then never touched it again. It's like this has been here a while, but it's pickles. <laughs> but it's pickles. Yeah. But then like. But if you if you like close the jar with a certain amount of like you know, just the air quantity on top start to eventually futz with the well, it depends how much crap is in there like I mean I'm sure if you left it long enough eventually you'd get like a bacteria colony floating on the surface of the vinegar but yeah. that's just that's just how things work <laughs> yeah but it's on the surface at least I guess yeah you could just pull it off and hope the insides are okay pickles. 
I have myself um, a, a standard McDonald's quarter pounder with cheese earlier this week. And then, have uh, yourself a quarter pounder with cheese. <laughs> and, uh, it was um, it was one of those constructions where it's like there's a sort of the problem with McDonald's construction in general uh, is like like the uh, the displacement or the dispersion, I suppose, of ingredients on that on that layer. You know, above above the burger. Well, what you're saying is how much of a shit do the people working in the McDonald's kitchen give about running it out correctly? Yes, 100% that. And all of the pickles were basically in one spot. Well, that always, always happens yeah, with, yeah. with, like, fast food things. They just put, like, two chunks of pickle on top of each other on one side. <laughs> it's just like, come on. That was exactly what happened. Pretty much all of... But it, it wasn't just the pickle that I later discovered. It's like, oh, there's the there's the, there's the tomato. There's the... The, the modicum of relish it's like it was all over one side <laughs> of this burger because i got through that bit and then there was then there was nothing on the other side and i'm like i actually don't know which which side i prefer <laughs> <laughs> like the overdose on the relish and pickle side or whether just leave it clean a little bit like a bk xl bacon double cheese well, for as, as much as that's clean, it's just like it's just all cheese. It was just all cheese. Every topping is cheese. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, no faff, just cheese. <laughs> but I quite, I quite liked my surprise pickle, and then I was kind of glad that there wasn't that much more of it. I don't know. I mean, that is the traditional way that I would eat a Big Mac, where it's just like, where is identify where the pickle is and then eat every other part that doesn't have that and save the pickle for the last bite. Oh, wow. It's like I'm, not... I'm mildly disappointed Byron no longer give you the side pickle. <laughs> they don't. No. Last, last couple of times I've been to Byron, there's been no side pickle. That Yeah, that's no good. That's, a, that's shrinkflation <laughs> for you. I mean, is that cost-cutting or is that some kind of weird COVID thing where it's like we can't have people eating this pickle with their hands? Like unlike the rest of this, it was not like the rest of this burger. This meat mess. I suppose actually, when it comes to Byron burgers, eating with your hands is often not the greatest option. No, I mean you can last for a while, yeah, and then the structural integrity fails, and then you you're back down to knife and fork, like some kind of posh person, posh burger eaters. I mean, I was like. Like even before COVID, you'd think that someone somewhere would have just been like, "This burger, this burger restaurant is is so everything is so juicy and awesome that you ha- just they just give out like latex gloves to everyone because that's you're just going to need uh. these. This is like the knife and fork of this burger restaurant. <laughs> Put these on because <laughs> it's going to go everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> but then I wouldn't want to. Hmm. I'm, I'm just. I'm thinking this through because it's like, okay, that works fine as long as I'm only wanting to hold the burger. The moment I then need a drink, yeah, well, yeah, you'd the, have the, to have the, straws. Everything would have to be straws. Yeah, you'd, you'd, or you'd have to wipe down your gloves, which would be even weirder than well, <laughs> straw everything, like straw burger. <laughs> no, I'm for the drinks. Everything would just have to have a straw. All oh, right, so when they when they serve it to you, you know how they put that like steak through the burger. It, that's your straw, and you just you take, you take the straw out of your burger, and then. <laughs> Burgers need a structural integrity, I think, when they start to fall apart. Well, yeah, I mean... I mean <laughs> so why has no one made a better designed burger that can have better structural integrity? <laughs> I mean, I'm more surprised by the fact that burgers are... like the, It seems to be like the goal of a burger is height, and it's like... No. No. Yeah. no. That's, that's incorrect. It's like, no. go, go wide, man. 
It's kind of like why I like the Big Tasty, actually. The Big Tasty is quite wide rather than tall. It's yeah. like, who wants that dub, that double Big Mac? Honestly, <laughs> how stupid an idea is that? It's like, let's make a tall burger taller. I guess you just squash it and then all the stuff falls out the sides. Yeah. I mean, you'd probably do <laughs> I mean, what I do and just remove the mid- middle bread layer. Eat that first. Get rid of it. Uh, that's horrible yeah that's just... literally just eat the middle bread that's yeah, horrible but it's got a little bit of the mcdonald's sauce yeah but that's not what you want you need the, oh, you need no. all of that together to make it bearable you can't just eat bread with gross mcdonald's sauce on it yeah that's really horrible i didn't think that was that weird it's like i thought just get rid of that bread layer and then you're left with a better burger and that bread layer is also like the shittiest part of the mcdonald's bun it's it is, like that yeah. middle bread can sometimes be quite skank in itself I mean, because presumably it's not even like it's not even made at the same time as the rest of that bun. It is like an extra insert that they just have. I mean, if you're having a Big Mac, which let's be honest, is you're probably having to make the best out of a bad situation if you're having a Big Mac, because um, <laughs> it's like you could have a double qu- a, a double quarter pound of a cheese, which is the superior option. Or it doesn't if, uh, have the Big Mac sauce. <laughs> it doesn't have the Big Mac sauce. No, that's true, but it's got more cheese and more burger. Yeah, but then you might as well go to B, <laughs> as we previously discussed. <laughs> if you want lots of cheese, I mean, they have the options. Like I said, you're in a bad situation. There's no Burger King around. <laughs> and then, so, yeah, you go for that. Even better, you go for the Big Tasty when it's around. Because that Big Tasty, like, it's, it's a thicker patty, and it's like a, a delicious smoky sauce. And it's not been on a, it's not been on a menu for the last two years. Grr. McDonald's even dropped their signature range, you know, their, their quote-unquote nice burgers, thanks to COVID, and they haven't returned. Yeah, it's COVID, isn't it? Yeah, maybe these things will return when the supply chains start fixing you know, themselves a bit better. I've got no problem with a McDonald's signature burger. Those are all right. But I'm quite... Actually, in fairness, when I'm McDonald's these days... Like, most of the time, I don't go for their meals. Like, what I'll do is I'll be like, you know what? I can forego- If I don't want a drink, I can forego a drink. And what I'll do is I'll just get a, a chicken burger and a double cheeseburger off the saver menu. And that will, that will and it will be cheaper than getting a big-ass burger. And will probably be more filling. And I've got variety, because I've got some chicken in me. I bet you want some fries still. I mean, oh, yeah, I'm McDonald's like, I'm fries like, have got better over the years. Yeah. And then it's only a pound if you want saver fries on it as well. So it's, it's all right. It's the way to do it. I mean, I could definitely go without McDonald's drinks most of the time, except for... Well, I could go with without generic, like, Coke slash Pepsi slash 7-Up or whatever, because those are, you know, as, we, as everyone knows, weird syrup drinks are, are like... Sometimes good, some, most of the time not so good. <laughs> now, if they over ice it, they don't. They go, they go wrong. It also depends on their machines and yeah. the makeup of the Coke. And there's the rumor that was it that McDonald's Coke is a special kind of Coke. Yes, I mean I'm sure it is because well, I mean because it's a syrup to start with, but yeah. <laughs> that automatically makes it weird. But then, like, yeah, when when I used to many a year ago when I worked at Solar Bowl, God rest its soul, back in the Solar Bowl days, yeah. <laughs> The Coke from the syrup machine there, superb. <laughs> so some, of the, some of the best Coke you could get. Yeah, but that's probably because <laughs> you weren't making it right. That's probably because you were <laughs> right, overdoing yeah. it on the syrup uh, and it I, actually just made it taste better. Probably. I mean, I've had, that wasn't part of, the, part of the process I was involved with. I just poured the damn thing. But yeah. it was a... Uh, 
but it was a pretty good Coke. <laughs> Do you think it was tweaked to high power mode like in that episode of The Simpsons with the squishy machine? Whoa, <laughs> that's good squishy. Whoa, that's good squishy. Yeah, probably. I mean, I've, I think I've mentioned this on the cast before, but the, they, they, there was one time where I, I basically like for lunch breaks, I'd always get, because I only used to work like a shift a week for like when I was 16 or whatever, I'd, I'd get like a massive ass burger <laughs> at the cafe and because um, it was cheap on staff discount and, a, and basically a pint of Coke, not your zero sugar Coke, you know, None Coke, of your zero Coke. sugar Coke. Zero hat wasn't about yet. No. Um, so I, so I would Diet just get Coke ass Coke. And um, well, yeah, all syrup ass, coke ass, coke, <laughs> syrup ass, coke ass, coke. Yep, <laughs> lots of ass in that coke. And uh, yeah, there was there was the the time where I went back went, went back on on shift, and and they both <laughs> my colleagues at the time were like, "Oh, it's different after lunch." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that had anything to do with the coke necessarily. I, I thought it probably did. the burger half was still probably the more. <laughs> Maybe. Well, I've got some sort of like it's like ah, oh, quite satisfied. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> You've been fooded. <laughs> You're always different after lunch. I mean, we do. We are well aware of Rob's reaction to any sugar, apparently. <laughs> well, no, my, my sugar intake's okay. It's a name you got to watch out for. Uh, yeah, she reacts. She reacts to a J two O like a like a glass of wine. It's hilarious. Sugar, <laughs> sugar. In fairness, I can't remember the last time I had a full fat Coke. No, really, I've got them in the fridge. <laughs> well, I mean, I would prefer them, but why? We only get Coke Zero at our house, and I don't. Mm. I just don't like those enough to even bother. I'm just like I'll just continue drinking tea all the time. <laughs> really, they're not that different. To be no. honest. I mean, we've got, we've got some Coke Zero No Caffeine in the fridge at the moment, which I will say Blimey. is a little different. <laughs> mm. Not that the, I mean, I, I still find it bizarre that they make that, isn't it? Because like the caffeine trace in Coke is so minimal, right? Or, or at least is I it? always thought it was minimal. Like it's there, but I thought it was like small enough to not worry about. Don't know about that. I thought mm. there was some significant caffeine in Coke. Not not like coffee, obviously, but like no, and, and maybe, probably still less than tea. But I thought there was. I see. Of course. What if it's? I guess. I guess it must still be in Coke Zero then as well. If they're having to make a zero decaf. Yeah. Because the zero only counts for sugar. Do they? By that logic, have they ever done like a Coke Mega Caf or like extra caf? <laughs> like Coke, oh, right, Coke like coffee. A, yeah, yeah. Well, kinda. like um, Red Bull type, yeah, or whatever. Well, I mean, if you go back to like the eighteen hundreds when it had all that cocaine in it, then yes, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> Coke umph. <laughs> Caffeine in your can. Oh, here we go. It's a little chart on Coca-Cola.co.uk. Trustworthy, clearly reliable. <laughs> I mean, oh, I, I mean, it does technically have to be fairly, I'm sure. Yeah, it's hella regulators. So, yeah, a cup of tea is 50 and, and the can of Coke is 30. What, milligrams? Um, uh, milligrams, yeah. Yeah, okay. That was um, more than I thought. But then, of... but then caffeine in tea, that's like 50 milligrams is like nothing, right? Like It's low. I mean, a cup of coffee, like filter coffee, 140. Yeah, right? boy. So yeah, but that sounds about okay. right. It's not yeah, a little less than tea, but not nothing. 
Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, that's in fairness, I've learned something. That is more in tea than I thought tea had, because I thought most of the caffeine in oh, tea actually and stayed in the tea bag and didn't actually infuse. Because I thought that was the myth, right? It's like everyone says, "Oh, tea's actually got more caffeine than coffee," and it's like, no, but it stays in the bag. It doesn't it doesn't actually infuse. Yeah, but yeah, so that's why tea is fifty and coffee is one hundred and fifty. Mm. Right? Yeah, it's like three times more caffeine in coffee. Um, but yeah, it's not nothing. And and this chart an- chart answers your question because there's a thing on this chart that says Coca Cola Energy, <laughs> which is eighty. Oh, they've yeah, done- no, oh, but it's still it. only eighty. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's still less than coffee. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's... coffee is pretty hardcore, that's... to be honest. If you drink, like, three cups of coffee, you're going to be bouncy off the walls. Like... Oh, absolutely. But, like, yeah, I don't know. If I want a Coke energy, I want energy out of it. More energy. Well, the caffeine isn't the energy part, though, presumably. Presumably it has all the other usual energy drink crap More in like, there. Like it's got yeah. Corona. <laughs> it looks like... Like a boost bar. <laughs> I guess. And B vitamins. Let's have a look. Coca Cola Energy. When did they? I remember Coke Life. Do you remember that? The green yeah, that one? was your favorite. Yeah, Coke. Coke, Coke no, it wasn't Life. my favorite. It was okay. Yeah, it was acceptable. No, your favorite. The fact that it existed. Oh yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Coke Life. Uh, let's see. Coca Cola Energy. More energy. Yeah, I don't know when they launched that, but yeah. As a um. A song that keeps coming up on Spotify has a tendency, right? To like, you know, that uh, my two favorite things about Spotify are the Discover Weekly and the Release Radar lists, which I, which I listen to every week. Mm. Um, but every now and then, the Discover Weekly list likes to repeat things that it that it that I had discovered in previous weeks. Like, so I, I've listened to this before and I've ignored it. So it goes, no, 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 I'm sure you like it. So it gives <laughs> it to me again. And one of them is this remix of a, of a song where it's, it's just sampling a, uh, an Arnold Schwarzenegger fitness tape. <laughs> so it's just him. Oh. I'm Arnold, up, down, more energy. <laughs> it's not that one where he talks about how, like, lifting weights just feels like coming. <laughs> you know that one. It's famous. <laughs> <No>. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's really horrible. <laughs> More energy. Well, they don't sample that. <laughs> okay, good. Come on, more energy. There's a lot of that. That's funny. This is Arnold. I think the songs are actually just called Arnold, which makes sense. Welcome to Arnold's Pizza Shop. <laughs> Nine millimeter bullets. Bullets. Anyway, <laughs> how are we doing? Have we got any uh, more rando to go through? <laughs> Have we got any rando. rando business to check off? Any kitchen bitching to be uh, to be had? Ooh. Apart from not having the right kind of Coke in the hat in the kitchen. <laughs> Coke zero decaf. Uh, no, I don't think so. No. Quiet week. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. And apparently a quiet week. In video games, is that right? Yeah. Not in the world, of course. But yeah, no, in not games. in the world. But that's probably why it's a quiet week in video games. <laughs> I don't probably. think that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I think we were probably in the quiet days for videos, video games regardless. Possibly. There's a lot of, obviously, a lot of um, new headlines are like gaming companies stopping sales in Russia, which is yep. all good. Yep. I mean, yeah, uh, the... the... Uh, I mean, it's a, it's not exactly an economic sanction, but, you know, anyone doing their part, good on you. Yeah. But, I, I, but unfortunately, I, I don't know. we I live think... in the age of VPNs anyway, so. 
Well, uh, true, but isn't like Russia in the process of like? Oh, we shouldn't really get too political nope. here, but like, isn't Russia in the process of like basically firewalling off their internet from the uh, from like They're the external? Yeah, I mean that was the one thing that I found slightly. I'm not. I probably shouldn't say funny, but that is the word I would have used. But like <laughs> when I was reading the BBC News website, and then the, once they started blocking all the external internet mm. the bbc news posted being like you should yeah. use the dark web to access the bbc it's <laughs> like okay i guess <laughs> well that is what it's for i right? mean yes technically but it's like <laughs> that is actually why the onion root onion networking was developed by the nsa right so that people in china could read the news basically not so that people could buy drugs without any consequence. No. <laughs> that was just a side effect. I actually have no idea how you use the dark web. I'm kind of grateful for not. I mean, you just get knowing. a specific browser and then specific yeah. links. Is it? Uh, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. It's specific. You need to know what the links are, right? Because then most of the time they're just like IP addresses, and aren't they? Like, I, I like they're they're an IP, yeah, or something. There's some weird unsearchable yeah. code somehow. Really... I think there are search engines that crawl, presumably the dark web, right? I don't know. I mean, I've maybe. Yeah. Um, but like, dark it'd be crawl. very slow. That's the thing about the dark web is it's extremely slow, right? Because it bounces your traffic everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Night crawl. But yeah, the BBC address that they were showing on the dark web is like really long and <laughs> with like a bunch of. <laughs> yeah, because it starts off like something, something BBC, and then it's just a shit ton of random letters. <laughs> <dot> <laughs> onion. <Yeah>. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, okay. presumably oh i can't remember how it works but presumably that's part of a some kind of key yeah right and that's part of how it works just like a like a youtube video address key Mm. yeah but quite short yeah oh i see and you're actually rooting through whatever this other server is to go do the legwork for you yeah there's some good videos to explain how onion rooting works and it's quite interesting Um, there's some from that um i always like that computer file um, channel on YouTube. It's the University of Nottingham Computer Science Department, and they make really good. Strikes um, me as one of the, strikes me as one of those things, though, right? If you're going through one of these servers, like any kind of commercial VPN, right? Surely the runner of that server could be the bad agent and just be all like, "Yep, no, I'm yoinking all your shit." Well, yes, I mean yeah. that is the whole problem with any VPN ever. Yeah, you're like, I'm gonna. Oh, well, it's the same as just like password managers, where it's just like, I'm going to. Instead of relying on this one thing, I'm going to rely on this other thing. <laughs> it's like at a certain point, you're still always relying on something to be legit. I mean, the, the conspiracy true. theory with the VPNs is like, where do they really get all that money to advertise on every single fucking yeah. YouTube channel? Does that come from the NSA, that money? <laughs> like, probably. <laughs> I mean, there's usually only a couple that advertise that strongly, right? There's like ExpressVPN and NordVPN. Like, yeah. they're, the, they're the two massive ones. There are others though that also sponsor YouTube. Oh, videos there's, there's well. like a yeah. billion of them, yeah. But th- those yeah. those two are the ones I see most often. <laughs> they are all run by the NSA, guaranteed. <laughs> I mean, I, I I've used Tunnel Bear in the past because they do a free 500 meg a month, yeah, line, which was useful for getting hold of some uh, <laughs> something, something, <laughs> some things only available on foreign servers. Sometimes you just gotta. You're not sponsored. <laughs> but you never know. Shutting down Call of Duty on Xbox Live, for example, in Russia might piss off quite a few. Uh, oh, like, yeah. A, a, a sort of army. It might degrade morale, <laughs> let's say, in the I Russian mean, military. I mean, if you wanted to 
annoy the populace enough that they uprise, the gamer community might be a good pick. <laughs> yeah, not exactly. really, though. That's like a million no, people really. in every country. <laughs> not really, but yeah. I mean, they are quite angry people. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. The internet. You rile up the internet. Well, that's the idea, right? Kind of, but like that, the, the internet only gets angry with itself. <laughs> very rarely do you get the 4chan action where they actually attempt to go and do something and then it still fails. <laughs> <laughs> what, like all running into Area 51? Yeah. <laughs> that was ridiculous. I mean, that one was yeah. less of a, less of a dramatic... did 4chan actually try and do something? It was the Scientology thing was the big one, right? Right, that anonymous, wasn't it? That, yeah. that one worked reasonably well considering what they were attempting. What was that? I don't remember that one. Really? Yeah, the this whole, was ages ago. Yeah, I, I mean that was the that was like the that was on legitimate news in two thousand four to six or whatever the hell that was. But they didn't actually like I mean they did a bunch of protests Scientology. Yeah, yeah. Outside Scientology places and, and did but some But you could do that normally, you don't need the internet for that. Well no, that's <laughs> yeah. true. But they did the some internet sleuthing of like you know weird conspiracy shit about Scientology which mm. some of it turned out to be maybe true kind of maybe true kind of but that's about that as good as you get documentary was quite good I don't mm. know if that had anything to do with it but then again you know the more typical 4chan style actions is just like crashing servers because that's much easier <laughs> if you don't like someone just take their internet down <laughs> yeah yeah Like that yeah. dude that took down North Korea, was it? A couple of weeks ago. Because <laughs> it's not very difficult <laughs> to take down North Korea, I'm sure. Yeah. He <laughs> was unhappy about something, so thought, well, screw you. I'm taking, I'm taking your entire country's internet offline. Such as it is. Success! We got any news unrelated to geopolitics? <laughs> not really. Nay, sir. No. Oh, I saw a really weird, you know, all these acquisitions. I saw a strange acquisition that Epic bought Bandcamp. Yeah, and I saw that. It's, it's, <laughs> an, odd, it's an odd pick, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm I'm like not really. I mean, it's like they've they've got Bandcamp and harmonics to put yeah. together. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, well, if harmonics ever make a new game, does that mean like... Like they've got even more context to make some wild choices. It's like maybe not mainstream music. Go what? Go nuts. Or maybe like, it'll be like Audio Surf, where it like has a built-in stream service to just ooh. run music through the processor. Mm. I think it's just. I mean, someone at Epic has like, or investors or the board at Epic have just seen how much coverage and how well music for Fortnite has done. Maybe the, maybe someone's just like. Maybe we should just do music, you know, just mm. just get in. Maybe Bandcamp was kind of an easy in because it's not like Maybe. one of the massive players. It's like it's a it's a bit like SoundCloud and like that kind of, kind of level. You could have expected them to go in there, right? And it's all for the for the not necessarily made it big yet types. Mm. It's basically the MySpace, isn't it, of this world? But the independent which means it has a significant chance of not actually succeeding and just going yeah. away in like a year <laughs> well Bandcamp has the advantage where you can actually you know you can actually buy records from it and it's like but just uh it was supposed to be slightly more it was supposed to be independent right and like good for the artist because it's not really a distribution or anything like that it's i don't know 
There's a different way of doing business in a world that's in a, in, in the world that's increasingly messed up for musicians. Um, it's true. It's true. Hmm. See how that one pans out. Epic are going to release a Zune. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I just, that that definitely would be a very Zune esque plan where it's like you don't have any hardware experience. Apart from you know, Microsoft did have hardware experience, so they should have succeeded. But I mean, I mean, it will be like the same terrible idea of let's just make this thing that we've never tried before and just hope that it works. The Zune was all white. It was just late. <laughs> Yeah. It just wasn't an iPod. That was the problem. It was kind of cool in, in yeah. many ways, the Zoom. I have no beef with Zoom. I have beef with my burgers. We've come full circle. <laughs> yeah. It's a circle with two sides. <laughs> it's a circle with 90 degree corners. I can't believe there's nothing going on. I suppose it makes sense. Okay. And Wimpy used to do square burgers, didn't they? Yeah. Square burgers. Well, there is some other news. Should we do some news? Is there the, 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 big, the big games that come out, like Gran Turismo and Elden Ring. Indeed. Elden Ring and Gran Turismo 7 are the two big recent releases, both reviewing incredibly well. Yep. Um, Good news for points for me and Dan for the uh, Fantasy League. I mean, it's going to be like that for all of our Fantasy League, I think. <laughs> yeah. I, it's like, I can't, every time I think about it, I'm like, nothing's going to score less than 70. That's literally impossible. No, we, we, we've, we've got some fairly safe. Our, our league at the moment is pretty safe. Yeah, I've got negative 12 now for a triangle, triangle strategy. strategy what? Be good. Is, that not re- yeah. is that not reviewing well? No, his, no, no I've got negative because I counterpicked it. Oh, you counterpicked it, right. <laughs> yeah. Because I thought it looked, because <laughs> I thought all of the writing looked terrible. I mean, I was hoping it was going to do slightly better than like eighty-two. Although this is still early, and there could be a few more reviews still to come through. Sure, yeah, that might modify yeah. that number a bit. Yeah, because like the, um, I don't know who are even that the outlets these days because they don't pay attention. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm like, who are writing these reviews? Who the hell are all these reviews? I'm looking for like. GameSpot gave it a seven, right? Or for example, or GamesRadar gave it a three and a half stars. And they're yeah. the ones I know. And then there's, there's well, a million you've, like you've, random ones. You've got Easy Allies still about. Their, their reviews count towards that. Um, Eurogamer. Oh, Eurogamer, yeah. Games. Did you mention GamesRadar? They're still about. GamesRadar, um, yeah. There's, you know, there's quite a few. And obviously, like... The, oh, IGN. <laughs> well, yeah, IGN is one Dan mentioned, but um, they do almost everything. Um, I haven't. I, it has Game Explain on YouTube. Uh, yeah. They do a lot of stuff. I, I mean, the, the trouble with I don't know if Open Critic does this as well as Metacritic, but the trouble is they always integrate the the foreign language reviews, which yeah. sometimes is just the same site but with a different reviewer doing a different language review of the same game. Oh, yeah, there's IGN really? so that, so Spain that, here, IGN that, Italy. Does that like, skew it no then? IGN? Yeah, mm. I mean that is the question because I mean the the real question with that situation is. They're obviously mostly different reviewers because that just makes it easier to do it in a different language. You just hire a different person who writes in that language. But then do you have like a site-wide consensus on what the score is or is it it still per reviewer? You would hope it would be the latter. Yeah, you would hope so. If if you're throwing a whole other reviewer at it, you'd think they'd go at it with the like, I'm not here to just review the localization. I'm going to review the game. Yeah. 
but then that's how you end up with this anyway. situation on like Metacritic and Metacritic and everything, where it's just like you can see five different reviews that are technically from the same site. <laughs> yeah, as long as they're different authors and as long as it is independent, then fine. But you could, you could, yeah, you could argue there could be some internal politics going on with that stuff. But <laughs> I've just gone on IGN, which I haven't done for years, literally on the website. <laughs> But they've given the Batman film a ten. <laughs> yeah, Classic. people seem to really like that thing, and I, the more I hear about it, the more I'm less interested in it. Yeah, I don't think it's a ten. <laughs> Not that I've seen it yet, but I think that's highly unlikely. No, I don't. I don't think I'm going to go out of my way to see it. Like I don't know, DC just still haven't pulled me back yet. I know this was their attempt to, but like I don't know, this, this doesn't look like the kind of Batman I want to watch. I don't know. I think the cast seems like I like Robert Pattinson sure. and uh, Paul Dano is amazing in everything sure. he's in. Yeah, he'd make a great Riddler. So, but it, apparently it's like three hours long. Yep, I think it's long. It kind of looks like very kind of seven, you know, aesthetic. Right. Film. Okay. Like yeah. re- constant raining, grim, dark, D- always yeah. dark. Yeah. I mean, that that is Gotham City generally, right? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, just a bit too much of it. Like yeah, I was like a lot of people reviews and things that I've said of it is like yeah, it's incredibly intriguing, but it is three hours of doom and gloom with no levity, and it's right. even even with the Riddler, you know, one of the goofiest characters yeah. you could argue. Well, all of Batman's I mean, pretty goofy, but it's like they they it's so toned, it's so seriously toned that it just doesn't. You know, it is a bit. I mean, it's a bit heavy. It's a hard watch. Is what I well, I, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking the Riddler's going to be like fucking Kevin Spacey in Seven, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, like right. You have to, you have to solve the mystery, of them, and it's all awful. <laughs> it's just hopefully it won't be quite as bad as that. Mm. It's almost a horror film in places. So, um, yeah. Sure. I guess I. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the Nolan Batman's. Like those, those are just those are just great films. But yeah, um, second one in particular. Yeah. I mean, yeah, even even the slightly ropey last one, I still really that, enjoy. Um, it doesn't work as a film. Like, it has really good scenes in it, The Dark Knight mm. Rises, but it just, I tried again, like, I think I probably talked about it on the podcast, but it just doesn't work, <laughs> like, as a whole thing. I don't know. It's messy, but it, I, I still yeah. kind of enjoy myself watching it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's got a good, but that, I think that's kind of the thing. Like that, that third one still sits because, in a weird way, it's the goofiest by a long shot. And like yeah, Batman is kind is. of a little goofy. Like at all. sure, yeah. And DC in general is always kind of a little goofy. You've got to have a bit of that. Um, burn. Um, I love Bane. He's so he's dumb. so good. They they fuck it up at the end though because he sort of dies in, before in the blink of an eye, and it's like, wait, what? Actually, it's somebody else, and it's like that that whole twist doesn't really come no. Off properly. It's 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 yeah. an it's an editing problem, I think, or what for, yeah, or what footage so. they had problem. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I want I, I kind of want that level of like, like don't go. Uh, yeah, it's like I don't mind Zack Snyder, but like the 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 Batman universe he was carving just didn't work at all for many many yeah. reasons, and it's like I don't want I don't need my Batman to be that serious. I want to have a good time with it. It's like you can you can be dark and moody and have that as your aesthetic, but just find somewhere in between Nolan yeah. and the original Batman films. 
the Tim Burton ones. The Tim Burton ones. Ignore ignore the Clooney era, mm. <laughs> and ignore the Affleck era. The Joel Schumacher. Era. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Find yourself somewhere in the middle, and I reckon you've probably got a pretty good. You know what you should do? You should just make that Batman animation and make that a film. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like the definitive Batman for our generation. Pretty much. The, 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 the Warner Brothers Batman. cartoon. Yeah. yeah. It's got such a good look to it, though. Oh, oh it does. Yeah, it's classic. But even that was kind of a little serious, even though it was like a yeah, like that Mister Freeze episode. Really good. Batman. Of course, nobody could die in that because it was a kid's. Film, no, of so course you not. Can, <laughs> yeah. Batman. I forget. Could, could you get the like cl- the animated series costume of Batman in in the Arkham games? <laughs> Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Anyway, Batman. Talking more about TV and film. You know what other video game is getting a TV adaptation other than Halo? Other than Uncharted? No, no, no Uncharted's film adaptation. Oh, sorry. TV, TV. adaptation. Uh, Cuphead? <laughs> well, <laughs> yep, I'm, I'm yet to watch that. I really want to see that. Apparently, that, <laughs> apparently that's really good and has been renewed already um, oh, wow. for a season two. Because Netflix don't hang around with their decision making. On on that note, I still maintain we're about what halfway through Cowboy Bebop because we're watching it very slowly. It remains perfectly fine. Like it's you know, it's exactly what you expect. It's it's not it's not it's not the original, but it's fine. It's enjoyable. It doesn't deserve to be cancelled. Um, at least as far as we've got. Uh, but yeah, no, Netflix are dipping their toe again, this time with Bioshock. Oh. The, um, the underwater, that, like they've shown a picture of, of, of a big sister and a, wait, other way around, little sister and a big daddy. That's not a bad idea. You could make a, you could do a film or a TV show, I suppose. Probably would, there's not that much to Bioshock really, so you probably well, I mean, there's not really much. <laughs> Chance for characters to happen if you just consider the game version of those worlds. No, it's it's tricky to know when they're going to put it right because by the time, yeah, by the time you're in it, like everything's falling apart, right? There's not. Yeah. Are they um, doing the original Bioshock? Like, uh, what's it called? I mean, yeah, right, it's, if, you, it's, if you've got the big daddies, it's got to be in Rapture. It's, it's, it's Rapture based. Rapture, yeah. yeah. Okay. Is um, it post? But they could just flash back constantly to the pre-disaster, right? Or uh, I mean, I'm hoping it's not flash back. Like, I, I kind of almost. It, like maybe the best place for it this to be is some kind of horrible origin story. Yeah, like, like how the, did it the get downfall so bad? Period. Yeah. Why, you know, how Where did... everyone starts shooting up with ridiculous drugs and bees yeah. cut out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. The murder of bees. crows. <laughs> and like how the big daddies came to be. Why was like inject like. How did this become the right way to do things? To have dudes with massive drills and little girls stabbing you for your Adam? And they'll have to do a big twist thing, but not use the one from the game, right? Yeah, um, I don't think they could do the would you kindly. Yeah. Um, but they'll have to have something like that to be in the spirit of it. Hmm. I don't think they even particularly really tried with Bioshock. I'm trying to think what the twist was with Bioshock with, 2. With Infinite. Oh yeah, and even well, Infinite had a fairly yeah, Infinite, oh, twist. Infinite had ridiculous time travel diverging yeah. universes yeah. shit going yeah. on. Infinite's twist is is mental and it's fine. Um, yeah, uh, Bioshock One's is pretty good the way it's presented. Um, yeah. 
but not all that surprising, really, if you think about it. You know, just in raw story beats, it's just, oh, right, okay, yeah, you did that. There's no real lead-up to it, particularly. Well, it's just really it's just that much to interact with in Bioshock 1, really. Exactly. Um, and I can't, I can't really remember what 2 was, other than, you know, you're the big daddy. And it's like, I think there is some reveal at the end about who you really were before... Did Ken, who made two? Was it actually the same team? Or was it like a, yeah, I one of those? Yeah, I think so. I don't think it was an offshoot. Right. Hmm. I, I think it kind of just sort of develop, developed the lore further, didn't it, rather than, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was it was kind of a follow-on. Like yeah. A, yeah, you weren't, you weren't the same character or anything like that. It was, it was a... Hmm. I mean, I think there's potential there, unlike, you know, more than most video games yeah. <laughs> to to make a TV show. I, th- I think it's maybe unlike Bebop or things like that, because because there isn't actually that much of a narrative, especially in that first game. It's like there's a lot of backstory and there's a lot of mm. audio clips and stuff like that, but none of it actually really plays into the main narrative. It's, uh, yeah. yeah, I think I think there's an awful lot of free reign you could have over that project and get away yeah, with it and not ruin anything and it's a really cool setting and good aesthetic yeah they're paying for, for the setting basically yeah it's a good setting yeah i think that could you know potentially work hmm. they've got the right people involved yeah so i think they're quite far along with that was the impression i got so it might we might see that before the end of the year wow okay tv Ooh, news color me color me interested Tell me bees. <laughs> In fact, I think I'd rather watch a Bioshock TV show than play a Bioshock game <laughs> in some ways. Yeah. At this point, yeah. I think it's... They're fine. Yeah. They're fine. Uh, game news. Let's talk some games. Uh, Bethesda are getting rid of their game launcher, finally. Or Microsoft are getting rid of their yeah. game launcher. Exactly. Or Microsoft are probably forcing Bethesda to get rid of their launcher. Good egg. Because it's totally pointless. I've never actually had to encounter the Bethesda launcher. Well, no. I mean, you don't play those games anyways. So. I mean, I play Doom, right? Which <laughs> yeah, is, I guess. Which is... But they started putting the logins and shit into Doom. They that did, yeah. Bethesda, sort of technically related. Bethesda Net is in Doom. Yeah. And Doom Eternal. Um but yeah, you don't need the launcher for those. I don't know what games even required the launcher, as in because you it's like it's got a store aspect to it. Obviously. Oh, does it? Okay. I mean, like the BattleNet one, right? In the same kind of style, but I like I don't know if I don't know what even would have required the launcher. Like right. I guess because uh, I mean, obviously it would have been after Fallout Four, which is the last one I played. So maybe Fallout Seventy Six, I guess. <laughs> Oh, right, so for, even Fallout 4 didn't need it. No, it was well before that. Right. Yeah, I guess it must have just been 76 then. Like, what else prefer- Oh, well, the... No, well, but... What about the Wolfenstein games? Yeah, maybe. Or, like, the Ra- Rage? Was that... Rage 2, maybe? Rage 1 wasn't. Well, no, obviously Rage 1 but, but Rage 2, I guess, might have been on it. Anywho, that thing doesn't need to exist now Microsoft run the show. <laughs> it didn't need to exist as that. No, it didn't. Um, so yeah, I guess Microsoft are all like just use Windows Store. Well, and just <laughs> use Steam. Steam because they're quite Steam friendly now. Well, I mean, that, I mean, was, the, that was the thing that pissed everyone off when they announced their stupid launch and they took all their shit off Steam, and everyone was like, "What the fuck?" Mm. <laughs> now well, it's all coming back. So okay, well, then. most of it was back anyway. 
I don't know if most of it was. Like, I think some of it. I'm sure Doom is on it. Well, yeah, that one particularly, but. Doom Eternal, I think, are on it as well. Yeah, anywho. Good news, everyone. One less launcher to worry about. No no one was worrying about anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I want to have a quick mention on Gran Turismo 7 because I am. I'm yet to see much footage from Gran Turismo 7 that suggests that they've changed the car collision handling. Everyone seems to rave about its tarmac Uh, handling. But I've seen one bit of footage where it looks like the cars still bounce around like bumper cars. I think they do. I mean, I saw a bit of footage where a car flipped over and it was just ridiculous. Yeah, from the the rally thing, right? Yeah. Was that that on the digital foundry footage? Yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah, that looks insane. Yeah, it's it's just stupid. Apparently, yeah, that, that that game in general has seems to have trouble with verticality, and it's like that's fine. I can believe that the Codemasters yeah, games had trouble with verticality on and off. <laughs> um, it's true. Um, I just don't think colliding with things is really. It's not. It's not their aim, obviously. But it's no. like I think I I do feel like I don't know. I I feel like I like if you if you're gonna make a mistake like that in a game that is about not making mistakes. It should punish you, right? You should. You should. Hmm. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe we'll get lucky in like the next generation of racing games and whatnot. The, maybe that maybe the fan tech this time round instead of ray tracing or whatever will be soft body, and then we can get proper collisions. Yeah. Whatever happened to Beam NG and those projects? Yeah, exactly. Like... Do they still have that old classic problem of like, you know, the licensed cars not wanting to? to look fucked up. Whatever. I mean, probably. That's that's going to be a thing with any licensed car, really. You can only damage them to some degree, depending on your license. Um, but you can, like, I don't know, Forza gets around that a little bit. The paint can get scuffed mm. up. and <laughs> that, that barely counts. Yeah. So you can get dents and stuff in the bodywork, but not like a... It can't be a crumpled mess. Like, it can't be, like... It look like a fatal accident. Um, I don't know, I feel like in some ways you could spin that marketing the other way and be like, this car still drives and it's this fucked up. How, <laughs> how cool is that? How high quality must this car be to be able to still work? I mean, there's definitely games that have got around that, right? I'm thinking, like, I, the cars in Blur got pretty messed up, right? But they still drove. But... Oh, yeah, I guess that. I was trying to remember if there even was damage. It, yeah, yeah like, it, was it was definitely damage. I mean, I meant more than just a health bar, but yes, there was. Yeah. There was actually visual effects as well. I, just, I mean, no bits came off, I don't think. No, it all stayed attacked, attached and just flapped around. Yeah, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of flapping. A lot of car flaps. But anyway, yeah, that was kind of my, my biggest disappointment with that thing. Also, I generally have some, like, I think, I don't, I'm not even sure Digital Foundry picked up on some of this, but it's like, I think they may have vaguely mentioned it, but I think it's a bigger deal that, like, some of the reflection mapping on the cars mid-race is updating at a slower frame frame rate than the rest of it. It's like, I spotted that immediately when there was over a bit of, like, bonnet cam or whatever. It's just like, no, this isn't that good. Like, okay, the game looks great in general, but there are bits of it that are proper ropey, like, or to me, seem a bit ropey. Anywho, I'm a Forza boy. You know I am. But, like, yeah. Uh, I have seen people commenting that the cafe part is the best thing about this new form. Yeah. (laughs) Which is hilarious. People seem well up on the. What's the, what's, really what the cafe like the cafe. Is, is it just the GT I have to cafe? Say, but... I like the idea of the cafe. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, I guess it's nice to have a PS5. I guess it's nice to have a bit of guidance in a game like that, and the the cafe is a form of guidance. It's a goal. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, there's some serious complaints about how that thing's microtransactions appear to be shaking up. (laughs) Like, um, if you care about some of the cars on the store, they seem to be. Some of them are like, um, uh, what do you call it? Like, uh, uh, I'm trying to think. Like, they cost a lot of money, and your ability to get that money quickly is extremely low unless you paid actual money to unlock the credits. If you see what I mean. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, microtransactions aside, it seems like a solid thing. It's a, it seems like a GT game. Let's put it that way. It's a proper GT game. Proper GT came after quite a long time. Yeah, a very long time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's talk about Pokemon. I've got a new Pokemon game coming. Yeah, way too soon, clearly. Like, Sword and Shield's only just come out, guys. <laughs> Except not really. I mean, I guess it's been a couple of years. So, what do we know? Not much. Well, Scarlet and Violet. It appears to be Spain, I guess. Pokemon Spain. Okay. <laughs> from what, from what we can see. But, but there's it, no, no we no idea what with, what's going on with like the engine and stuff like that. No, I mean it looks yeah. basically exactly like Sword and Shield from the bits of yeah. footage you see, but that's only like graphically, I suppose. Doesn't really tell right. you much about the gameplay or anything. I mean, you still occasionally see the Pokemon in the grass or whatever in the way that they mm. did. In the way that they do in the modern games. So whether there's going to be any like crossover from Arceus or whatever. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's too soon for the good reception of Arceus to have gameplay um, changes. In yeah, the, like they've the probably been working game. on this all, all the way through Arceus's development, probably since, yeah. since they finished the Sword and Shield DLC. I assume they've just been straight on to this one. So either they'll finally incorporate some of those innovations into the mainline series in the next generation, or they'll just carry on with a separate Arceus line. Yeah. Uh, and then maybe everyone will just switch to that eventually when it, when it becomes maybe less of a technical mess. Well, I mean, maybe it's like, it's just like if you just, I mean, judging by the footage of this game, it does look like it's just exactly the same engine or whatever, mm. because you can sort of see that, the say you know the exact same shading or, or like the, just the general style of it all feels exactly like Sword and Shield. Yeah, but <laughs> but like Spanish. you know that if they if they're still if they've got that engine, then just take the Arceus gameplay mechanics and put it into that engine. Surely, <laughs> maybe that's what they are doing. Or maybe the Arceus engine is was just the original engine after all, and it's. Well, yeah, but that's the question. Is like, why does Arceus even have this completely different engine, essentially? Because <laughs> it's not like they were doing anything that I wouldn't have said that those engines couldn't have technically done. I mean, maybe maybe the open-worldness of Arceus was just too big. Because you have, like, everyone complained about Sword and Shield Wretched, like, oh, the actual open-world area, the wild areas, were actually kind of t- small and... Ran like crap. <laughs> well, and everyone was kind of expecting the whole game to be open world when it wasn't. Right, yeah. Yeah, there was something about Sword and Shield <laughs> that like it seemed to carry that sort of like, this is it, guys, this is the one, this is the Pokemon yeah. we've always wanted. Well, I mean, yes, and because it's, that's what it looked like initially. It sort of wasn't. And, and uh, But then Arceus has come and basically filled in that role to some extent. Kind of. Yeah. 
it's an interesting place to be for Pokemon right now. Well, I think it's, I think it, I think it's an awkward place for them because I mean, it's like I don't know. Is anyone really clamoring for a tradi- for another traditional Pokemon? Well, that's the, like, the actual problem is stop releasing them so goddamn quick. Yeah. Take some time to actually work on them, and then you might actually not have a horribly buggy mess every time. I mean, maybe this is like what Sword and Shield should have been. Let's look at it that way. Yeah, so that's what we said about Sword and Shield versus the previous game. <laughs> like that's what happens to Pokemon every time. You're like this is what it should have been, and it turns out to be be bad it's like oh well wait for the next one <laughs> i guess this time they'll at least have the benefit of like this is the second thing they're doing well more than the second thing they're doing on the switch now so it's like yes but they might have been able to wrangle their technology a bit they might have i wouldn't doubt it they'll just be have been pure content well you reckon it's going to be an omega force and it's like a barely functional muso like you know frame rate be damned or oh, i think it would just be exactly the same as sword and the shield in terms of tech and mm. then just be more content mm. it might as well just be an expansion but we'll see it does just feel too fast to be anything more than that that's the impression that i get it's just like as soon as you see the footage that little bit of footage you're like well this looks exactly like sword and shield it's like yeah. well yep that probably means it's just gonna be exactly like sword and shield then <laughs> I suppose it's also time to raise the, the the perennial question with Pokemon: Should they still be releasing two versions? Well, no, obviously. But. Yeah. No, but they always will forever because that's it worked from the very beginning. <laughs> I mean, when they, I mean, the trouble is that they in Sword and Shield they were like, "Oh, we'll make the two versions slightly more different this time by making you have different gym leaders," and it's like, no one wants that. <laughs> It's not. It's not the, the problem. Isn't that the two versions are too similar? The problem is that they exist at all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know that they want to encourage trading. I don't think they, that's what they want to encourage. What they want to encourage is people to buy both. <laughs> no, they can't expect you to do that. I guess. I guess they can hope that some people will, but like, it was for children, though. It's so that you, you know, you buy separate copies for. I mean that only mattered in that only mattered in the age of like one save, right? That was the real, only real, real reason for that. Which, in fairness, they maintained for a long time. Well, yes, I mean at this point and several previous Pokemon games, they could have easily got rid of that restriction. (laughs) Apart from it, apart from they kind of they kind of had a convenient excuse when Nintendo decided to adopt that whole system, basically, mm. where it's like all your save files are locked into the profile yeah, and the yeah. whole Animal Crossing situation. It's like that gave the Pokemon company a convenient excuse to continue doing that, even though there's no fucking actual technical reason why you couldn't have multiple saves. Wait, so if I swapped to a different... No, in Pokemon you do get a per profile. Oh, okay, it's not. Cool. It's not the Animal Crossing situation. I'd forgotten about the Animal Crossing thing. So... So if I had a different user on my Switch, that's not enough? No. Wow. So it's per Switch. I mean, that's why everyone was pissed off. Yeah, I'd totally forgotten that whole thing. Yeah, that's kind of crappy. At least, yeah, at least Pokemon aren't doing that. That's fine. But it's still, still dumb anyway. I mean, for a start, you shouldn't even... Safe files shouldn't be attached to the profiles, really. But that's how Nintendo does it, so that's just how it well, that's works. That's how a lot of things do it, in fairness. That's how it works on Xbox, right? All your saves are tied to the user. That's how they... Because of cloud saves and all that jazz, it's... Well, yeah, I guess. But, the, I mean, 
the actual problem with it on that level is that it's way more difficult to change profile in Nintendo's ecosystem rather than the Xbox one, where you can pretty much just do it at any time. Just any hit log time. out and it'll just go. Give it a go. The game has to deal with it. Whereas in, in Switchland, it's like, nope, you have to shut down the entire game and go back to the home screen and then change. Hmm. And then relaunch the whole game. Weak, Jeffrey. I'm still annoyed that, like, if I wanted to play my own run on Hyrule Warriors, mainly just to see kind of how it actually runs in single player, given how much we've played this in, 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 in two player mode. It's like, yeah, I can't make myself a. That that doesn't slot its saves either, right? Like, of all games, it's like, why is that like a single save per profile? Well, like, I mean, just make a garbage profile. It yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to make a garbage profile. It's like, it's, uh, it's fine. I mean, at least you're not tied to any achievement system in Nintendo Land, except now you kind of are because they've just introduced that yeah, thing. Yeah, well, like, yeah, that's true. I suppose that's news that hasn't really. That people haven't cared about much cared about, for not, obvious reasons because it's not a true achievement no. system is it it's like you can do things in games on your switch and you might get platinum points that can be redeemed for nonsense on the nintendo switch online and by nonsense i mean like the parts to make a custom user profile picture yeah. it's like like how you already have like the image and the background but now there's more options a frame yeah they've added a frame Rocket League, basically <laughs> Ugh. I mean, i'm quite happy with splatoon dude thanks <laughs> don't need a custom profile pic because you gave me splatoon dude although actually in fairness if they put the if they put jugs on it was it is it no not jugs what's his name the cat <laughs> Why do I want to call him Jugs? Judd. Judd, that's it. <laughs> <Jugs>. <laughs> Sorry, that's brilliant. Jugs the cat. Jugs. Judd, yeah. Judd or little Judd. Like, I mean, I, aren't they in there? I thought they were. Mm, no, maybe I need to switch. I mean, they might have been added, I guess. Yeah, okay. Because they have like, very occasionally added a couple of extra ones to that. They sometimes do when like, there's a big t- you know, tentpole Nintendo release. They tend to add a few things. I guess they won't from now, though. They'll want you to earn it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Pokemon! It might come out this year. All about that, Quaxley. Pokemon might come out this year. We'll see. Piece of poo. A plumber will pull it through. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Right. I think we better move on from news. Hey, there's one one tiny bit left. Just a little bit more. Steam. And Valve, and I'm not talking about the Steam Deck, they are open to the idea of Game Pass being on Steam. So stuff that's on Game Pass you can download and get hold of. And, oh, that'd be cool. Uh, and use use the Steam client as opposed to the Windows Store. So if that's more, be conven- more convenient. Yeah, if, if that's more convenient for you, then fine. Um, but I guess the, 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 the follow-on from that is related to the Steam Deck. And it's like, well, would that actually mean Game Pass would give you access to games on your Steam Deck? I mean, that would make sense. Yeah, interesting. I'm not sure how it benefits Valve in any way to do that, but they've said they're open to the idea. I guess they'd have to ask for a small cut from Microsoft. Well, or somehow. like, it, it would, yeah, it would 
work on the same system that Game Pass must work on, where it's like the developers get their money anyway, and mm. then like the store level has some cut of some backroom profit or whatever. Yeah, it would have to be some... How does it work on Game Pass as it stands if you're in the middle of playing a game and then it goes off Game Pass? You just can't... You can't access happens. it anymore. So you'll, you'll, no. you'll, you'll try and launch it. And yeah, but be... what if you're in the game? I think if you're... <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. I don't know. I, I assume there's some amount of like like basically like offline capabilities of the Xbox where it's like it will give you, it will let you use it for a while. You really so look up how that works. For Steam, right? You, even though you've downloaded the game and you're playing it, Steam would have to say, no, no, you no longer own this effectively. Well, I mean, they already have the systems for that with, like, free weekends or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. And okay. um, and if your gold account expires and you try and play a game with gold, that kind of stuff, they've had that stuff right? Okay. for a long, long time. Yeah, you'll just launch it and it goes, oh, it looks like you don't have access to this. Do you, yeah. do you, do you want to buy it? <laughs> that kind of thing. Right. And that would be a Steam sale in this case, rather. Yeah, because again, I think the same thing happens. Like, if the game is owned by another user on your Xbox, and that user isn't signed in, which can happen, right? You can have profiles, you can have your mate's profile on on an Xbox, and mm. but it's not their primary console. Uh, and if they password their user and stuff like that on your console, so you you can't just accidentally choose to sign in as them, then you might have games installed that you don't own. Um, and hell, Steam does that already as well, right? Yeah. Like, you, yeah. Zach can have stuff installed on my machine and I can't play it um, unless he's logged in. Yeah, so that's a solved problem. But it's interesting, nonetheless. Steam Deck seems all right. I am talking about Steam Deck. Um, yeah, I mean, if you can get one. If you can get one. Then Seems they've been cool. quite enthusiastic about sending them out to developers mm. to like make whatever control profile profiles, I guess. Really, yeah. And it seems they've been able to get hold of like some, you know some of the reviewers have had the um, the versions of it that you know that aren't being sent out to the consumers yet. Like you know because only the base tier one is going out to consumers right now. Um, but there's two other tiers that are coming later in the year, and those. You know, reviewers have had their hands on those versions as well, and uh, yeah, generally performance seems to be quite decent for it. As long as you want, as long as you're willing to make um, concessions of output resolution. Generally, that seems to be the thing. Lower lower the resolution on the game, and you're going to have an okay time. Because um, oh. the screen's only what 800p um, on it, so if you drop it down to about that, you're probably going to be fine. What would you? What would be? What What would you want to play on the Steam Deck? I guess everything. But. Well, I've sort. I think I've sort of mentioned it before. Like, okay, if you're if you're if you're up for console level gaming, then sure, fine. This might be a way in for you for that for for PC stuff. Um, mm-hmm. That's not buying a PC. Um, as long as you don't want to buy you know, play cutting edge looking things. It's like if you don't mind PS4 ish performance, then this is your go to in a handheld. Which is great, um, but I'm I'm thinking like f- for me the use case would be like oh put it in a dock under the telly, and uh, yeah. and use some of the lighter games um, that I would normally play on my Steam like you know some some indie in, you know use it as an indie device, which I guess is what you know the Switch already fill, f- fills that niche for a lot of people, um, 
but hey, I've already got quite the library of Steam games, so it's uh, from that perspective, it may, it might make sense for people because it's like people with an epic Steam backlog that don't want to buy a Switch or buy their games again to play it on a device like that. The Steam Deck's your way in. I mean, would you have got one of those Steam Link things back in the day? Yeah, I, you see, I'm, I'm sort of. I'm sort of regretting it now, not getting hold of one. And you can probably find them still on eBay. I haven't particularly looked, but because I've got like I've tried using Steam Link on the telly because it's got the the my Samsung TV has a Steam Link app. Um, you can put on it, and it's just not quite good enough, I think, to use with any regularity. It's like the the latency is noticeable, and more problematic is the frequent tiny skips that it does yeah. like you lose a couple frames here or there and you can you can hear it and as well as see it and it's like that's just annoying enough yeah fair. i did um i did wonder if like if you put your xbox into developer mode has anyone actually made a unofficial steam link app for developer mode on the xbox it's like i'm not sure anyone has Right, yeah, because theoretically that should work, right? Yeah, because you know the Xbox has, has a lot more horsepower and probably better networking capabilities than your average TV. Yeah. So, um, yeah, maybe that was a be a be a better experience doing it that way. Looks like you can install that like on a Raspberry Pi, right? If you could get spec'd up. Probably a Raspberry Pi, but a, a Pi is probably right. less powerful than my TV. <laughs> Do you think? Okay. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. Certainly than an Xbox, that's for sure. Mm. Mm. Sort of contemplating the idea of getting an um, external drive for my Xbox and uh, putting it in dev mode, and then you can put RetroArch on an Xbox and uh, use it as, a, as an emulating console. <laughs> oh, cool. You can do that. That sounds pretty neat. Hooray for Microsoft letting you using your box as you want to, as long as you put it in developer mode. <laughs> Legality be damned. <laughs> That's the news. I got that one else. Right. Well, it's time for what you've been playing. Uh, let's start with you, Zeg. What you've been up to? Well, conveniently, I guess partial news. I did play that Kirby demo. Oh, did you? <laughs> oh, cool. This morning, because I was like, I was going to do it last night, but then I got involved with some other stuff, and I just, so I got to it this morning eventually. Other stuff? You mean us playing Rocket League? Yes, yeah, so until the early hours of the morning. That was the one. That was the main thing, but there was some other stuff before that that also <laughs> distracted me away from remembering to get round and play that Kirby demo. It's not that long. It okay. turns out it's not. It's actually quite short compared to most of the, the demos Nintendo have been putting out recently. Yeah, <laughs> Nintendo or Switch demos in general. Yeah, normally pretty um, generous. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of what you expect it to be. It's a Kirby game in three D. It's not open world. That's the one thing that there was any suspicion about. It's definitely not open world. It's levels. Okay, fine. And they are pretty linear, but it does have like. Fine. Mid-level 
like secret objectives kind of hmm. i mean they're not really secret it will tell you them but then it's like find the things hidden around the place that aren't necessarily on the obvious straight path that kind of oh, level design yeah, style yeah, yeah. of thing a little bit like the um the coins and things on uh, in a yeah the in, in a mario <laughs> game yeah. that's not not odyssey yes so it is that kind of traditional thing and also it you definitely get into mouthful mode immediately and frequently. And that's not like a special <laughs> one-off thing that they're going to use occasionally. No, of it's course. going to be a very continuous... Of course not. It's going to be the gimmick, right? So they've got to... They've got to show well, you yeah, but As a gimmick, it could have been like, you know, even special levels where you only have that one... Oh, I bet that'll be there, that too. Well, maybe, but it doesn't seem like it from these first few levels. It seems mm. like they're just going to be incorporated as, like, you use this thing once and then you just get rid of it and move on mm. through the progress of the level, not, like, a whole level based on it, even. I mean, maybe. It might be that way. It might be a little bit like the um, I mean, the transformations in Yoshi's Island, is what I'm thinking, like, because some of those can be, like, levels mm. and almost entirely designed around those. Yeah, I guess in a couple of cases. So, yeah, I suppose they could do one or two like that. But yeah, it it definitely functions like a Kirby game. You and it definitely. I mean, it's not going to be difficult, obviously, because it's a Kirby game. They do have difficulty options, although, as far as people can tell, the like the easy mode is like easy, and the the hard mode is like how Kirby has always been, which is easy. <laughs> so it's like the easy <laughs> mode is just easier, easy. So <laughs> play it in hard, is yeah, basically. There's no reason not to play it in in any difficulty at all mode. <laughs> <laughs> right. Do what we do with Hyrule Warriors. Whack it up. <laughs> it's never going to be that difficult. <laughs> and it does, like... I mean, to make a Kirby game function in 3D, like, the you know, when you inhale a thing, a thing and then spit it out, it has, like, significant auto-aim from actually quite a long way away, which is actually really nice. Hmm. I mean, you're not, you're not necessarily going to be using that much because of obviously copy abilities of the preferred option for fighting in Kirby, not just inhaling things and shooting them out. Although arguably I would say in some cases them just shooting inhaling and shooting is actually more effective hmm. than trying to use the copy abilities. I think that might just be something that I didn't get used to, but like when you're using like the sword ability, for example, you it like when you're hitting enemies and they don't die necessarily immediately or like they take two swipes of the sword or whatever you can still very easily take damage by like pushing forwards too much like when oh, you're combing the sword you're you're just still running into the enemy hitbox even though they're technically being hit by your sword huh. it has that kind of no hit stun or whatever i guess on the enemies that's kind of annoying yeah you like you think they'd have like a well yeah if, if you've got like a have you actually got a sword combo or is it yeah i mean it's like you just mash the button and it just does three different swings right so yeah you'd think if you'd caught someone in a combo unless they obviously were blocking it or something that you shouldn't just be able to like mash yourself into them well i mean if you if you stood still and just did the combo then they wouldn't it's because if you keep pushing yourself forwards yeah it kind of negates the stunning the effect of the enemies being held in place by the sword and I you mean, still just walk into them i mean that seems odd though because like almost every game combat system doesn't do that these days you know when you're in a sword combo it's like you're 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 not you're not you're not going to hitbox yourself like that yeah you should it's like the sword should be carrying the enemies with you is the traditional way you'd think yeah it. and 
it's it's odd coming out of how labs that they would do that right because that the, the they've watched kind of already managed you know they made, they made a fighting game damn it <laughs> it's well yeah i mean i like I guess I haven't played any of the recent modern Kirby games to know if that is yeah. just how Kirby works and everyone will just be totally used to that. Yeah. <laughs> is, is that just the thing? I think I vaguely remember when I tried that 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 weird like Kirby arena fighting game that was oh, right. free yeah. for a while on the Switch or whatever. I think mm. that had the same thing. So mm. I think maybe that is just how Kirby generally works. Weird. I suppose that is like some amount of difficulty. Like you actually have to think about it a tiny amount. Mm. But yeah, you run around and you grab abilities and you do things as Kirby. Do you get a feel for how many potential copy abilities there might be? Cause well, not really, but I mean, they show because off... you, you want there to be lots. They right? show off quite a few throughout the demo. Like, mm. I think at least probably five copy abilities and then like three of the different mouthful mode things. Mm. You get the car and the vending machine and the cone. Oh, okay. So the three they've shown. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. I don't know that they showed many more than that. <laughs> no. But although at the end of the game, they do they do a preview video thing and they show a couple more in that that, that haven't been seen before. Okay, cool. <laughs> but yeah. And it looks pretty good. Yeah. Like seeing it for real, not in a video file. <laughs> right. So there is something about the video look that is ruining it. Well, think? I don't know if it's that bad. It's not like pokemon company bad <laughs> it's just like when you see it for real it's like oh yeah so is it what is it is it running at like a full 60 or is it hanging at 30 no, like... i'm not i never perceive that oh, <laughs> like okay. rob, rob notices these things i mean 30 to 60 to, to me is, is night and day i mean like... the one thing i did notice is is it's doing it's doing that thing which i'm starting to think must maybe even be switched hardware tech but it's doing the same thing as in like the pokemon uh, like in arceus where far away animations go low frame rate interpolated right yeah which is fairly noticeable but it doesn't there's not really i think it's almost more noticeable in kirby because there's not much that does animate Mm. (laughs) like when you're seeing just like one enemy but everything else is a static background essentially and you can (laughs) it kind of highlights the fact that they're animating in low frame rates it's kind of surprising that they save much budget then yeah you wouldn't have thought it'd be that important no but maybe like 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 i say like now what I'm seeing it in this game as well, it's almost feeling like that's just some kind of switch hardware tech level where it's just like you can just use oh, that. I, d- I, I doubt it. It'll be well, unless they're all sharing engine code. Yeah, but which yeah. is probably a thing. In fairness, yeah. And then, apart from that, I mean, the demo—it's not long. You get like one level and a boss fight, essentially, mm-hmm. and a prologue level, I guess. I mean, I presume this is just the start of the game, except maybe the boss fight might not be this early. Mm. I assume it's like the prologue level, the first level, and then maybe this boss fight comes quite early, but maybe not at at this point. Not directly after. (laughs) But yeah. Yeah. And And then once you finish those three levels, you also get the option to replay the levels of the upgraded versions of all the copy abilities, as if you'd unlocked them and upgraded them through the progress of the game so you can actually see some of those hmm. which is interesting they're not i wouldn't have said that, that any of them stood out as being particularly like they don't modify the gameplay all that much the bomb one is maybe the most interesting one where like 
normally you just throw bombs out. Like if you're standing on the ground and you press the attack button, you like roll them. And then if you stand still or if you're jumping and you hold the attack button, it gives you like an aiming cursor. So you okay. can like arc mm-hmm. them onto a specific place. But then the upgraded version of that doesn't really change the way you f- throw the bombs, but then the bombs turn into like these weird like neon glowy bombs. And if you they don't they blow up if they hit enemies, but they don't blow up instantly if you miss, essentially. They just stay on the ground. Well, and then you can like you can blow them up if you throw another bomb into a bomb. Oh, okay. That Got also you. triggers them. Yeah. But then once you've got the upgraded version, if they're on the ground sort of near each other, they get connected by a line. And then when one of them blows up, they all blow up, but the explosions are bigger. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so if you yeah. can set up like an... Ar- so when, when, when you do like one of the mini boss fights and you have that ability, you can try and like throw out a bunch of bombs around the arena and then try and get the boss to walk into them to trigger them all at once and make the explosion bigger. <laughs> I see. That's so, kind of cool. So that's probably the most advanced one of those because the other ones are just like the sword gets bigger. <laughs> it's like that's not really much so, of an upgrade. So how do you acquire an upgrade? Is it like you copied something the same? Well, or? in the in the actual game, you it's an unlock. Like you find the oh, blueprint so, so and then becomes, you go to a shop and then you buy the so upgrade. So it's a permanent upgrade. Well, it might still be toggleable. Like if yeah. you tried the upgrade and didn't like it, you might just be able to turn that back off. I bet me kind of thought it would be something you could do. Like there was a process within the level. You had to so you, if you did a, things in a certain way, you could get the upgraded version of an ability rather than... Mm. Yeah, I mean... Something a little more mechanical than just an upgrade. Well, I mean, that's what we always said that we would have preferred, where it's just like they steal the thing from Kirby 64, where you just yep. combine the abilities. Combine abilities. And luckily... Clearly the coolest. Luckily, mouthful mode doesn't overwrite your ability. You can mm. keep your ability and do the mouthful part and then get rid of that. And you can just... Chuck abilities whenever. I mean, that's always mm. been in Kirby. You can yeah, just dump yeah. the ability. And the star pops out. Yep. And plenty of stars. Lots of star coins and stars. <laughs> and weirdly, the, the like warp star thing that Kirby always flies around on, wee, 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 I guess, is a character. Because, <laughs> like, in the Wait, intro. Really? Well, like, in the, well, I guess it's not, it's not going to be a character, but in the intro sequence, which, I, I mean, this game has an intro sequence, which they put in the demo, but, like, it starts off where like Kirby's just wandering around on Popstar. Like you actually see Popstar for a minute, like the giant star planet that Kirby lives on, <laughs> which doesn't make any sense because it zooms in from like space where you see Popstar and it zooms in to Kirby walking around. But he's like walking in this green, lush landscape, green greens, whatever I guess. But when you see Popstar from space, it's yellow, and it's like <laughs> that's not, that's not quite how that works. But okay. No. But yeah, you zoom into Popstar and it's like, oh, there's Kirby wandering around. And then the star just like flies up and like looks at him like they're having a conversation. <laughs> but there's no, this is the slightly weird thing that apparently is just how Kirby games have done this since modern Kirby. There's no, there's no sound in the videos. It's just a music track playing over the video. So they, they right. kind of try and like match the music over the action, but there's no sound effects basically coming out of the video, which yeah. does make it seem kind of weird. Yeah. Well, to me, that would be like a Japanese game yeah, advert. exactly. Right? But that's just, just how... I'd just be expecting some non some, some out-of-context voiceover at some point. <laughs> yes, but that's just how these are apparently in Kirby games. That's just how, their style. But yeah, so the story of this game, you're, Kirby's there on Popstar and he's wandering around and then a giant time portal opens up and everything gets sucked into it and then you end Whoa. up wherever the hell you are now. You end up on not Earth. <laughs> yep, presumably. You end up in 
not Earth after after the calamity before Splatoon. Well, I mean, after the floodening, as I as I said previously, it's like in Kirby sixty four. You you go to theoretically Earth and it's all iced over and it's a ruin there as well. So this could still be that same place in the in this game's lore, although it does seem like a time portal, like the the weird warpy effects as Kirby gets sucked through it does seem to have some implication that there's time travel going on tiny whiny (laughs) and then a tiny guardian appears well kind of and hands you a Sheikah slate you get a tiny little blue the first NPC that you rescue I guess of unknown origin and like what is their purpose but you just rescue this tiny blue dude and he's like we need to save all these waddledies that apparently have just been around for some period of time because <laughs> they maybe you had already started building a town before you turn up and then you're going to rebuild the town because that's that mechanic that they've shown before oh yeah yeah so uh, it's like maybe the waddledies fell out of the time portal like some period of some number of years before you did <laughs> and so they'd already started trying to build a civilization before you showed up <laughs> a waddle d yep and then you could, if you play it in co-op, you get to be Bandana Waddle Dee that everyone loves. Sweet. Except I've always found that so weird about the co-op in Kirby, where it's just like, obviously Kirby is the only one who does the Kirby things, and then you've just got this other character. Well, yeah, so what is the other character? Is, cause he, is it a bit like um, Gungeon, where you have to play as like the, uh, the, 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 yeah. the, the ghost guy? Yeah, it's um, Bandana Waddle Dee. He has a spear, I guess. So he like he stabs things. Hmm. It must be a slightly more boring way to play. Well, you'd think so, yes. But I mean, that's just weirdly how it works in Kirby. I mean, is, there, is there anything that like that he can't traverse because of the copy abilities or, well, the, or the mouthfuls? I mean, I've uh, apparently I I haven't tried co-op with that. I haven't seen this in the demo. But apparently, you can just like ride on Kirby. Essentially, you can yeah. just temporarily become his copy ability almost because you can still attack from that oh, position okay it's a it's a step up from super mario galaxy's waggle to get star bits yeah but it still seems pretty weak i mean it's, it, i always thought it was just weird because there's like there's been plenty of other kirby games where there have been multiple kirby's sometimes lots of multiple kirby's hmm. sometimes it's the same kirby just like weirdly split into multiple kirby's but sometimes it's like oh, this like, is the yellow kirby like and like, like the smash kirby. brothers co- costumes oh right and except the, for and real the, and the kirby fighty thing of like <laughs> well yeah that too although that you could just say that's a character select so that still comes in the smash brothers realm yes. where it's just it's just a skin but meta knight could turn up and he's basically a kirby well he is going to turn up because you see him in the in the preview video right. but he's going to be an enemy of course well at least initially presumably hmm. I mean I don't know whether there, there is that possibility that maybe the secondary character is selectable like after you defeat Meta Knight in the story and he comes to your side presumably um, maybe then you could change to him I mean that I feel like that would be unlikely that feels yeah. like they'd probably have to put quite a lot more work in than needed but then that is kind of the Howl Labs way right well and also the previous modern Kirby games have been four player and it's been four different characters it's been Waddle, Bandana Waddle D DDD and Meta Knight usually are the three other characters that right. go with Kirby but DDD's got to be a bad guy right well yes he's also <laughs> shown in the video maybe a yeah. bit too much actually yeah we, we saw we saw <laughs> you saw the back, back of, of him yeah. and then they show him way too much in this one where it's like yeah. oh there he is obviously <laughs> King DDD but yeah I mean he could potentially become to your side as well and then you know four characters but so, presumably not four player what are the spiky things called that 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 DDD hammers out. Gordos. Oh, Gordos. Oh, that's less interesting. (laughs) 
<laughs> what does that lesson address mean? I thought it would be like spiky D's or something. Because everything is a D in no, this game. it's Waddle D's. You do get the other versions of Waddle D's. I forget what they're called. The ones with the single giant eyeball. Yeah. And they shoot lasers. I forget what those ones are called. <laughs> oh, Waddle D's. Initial D's. Initial D's. Careening down the mountain. <laughs> Toge D's. And obviously, because this is a Howl Labs game, they've also basically put trophies in. You find little mm, right. capsules throughout the levels, and then at the end of the level, you open them up and see what dumb little trophy you've got, which also actually contains, like, lore text. <laughs> where it's like, this, the description of this trophy actually tells you quite a lot about this and, item. And, and then can I feed it to a chow-like creature? I mean, maybe, because of the whole wannabe town. Who knows what, <laughs> what upgrades there'll be going on there. I feed my small animals and... and, and cause to, to my various waddledies or it'll be like a smash brothers museum where you can actually walk around and see all your trophies arrayed on the shelves mm, probably that <laughs> maybe probably in your house curb's house yep come on down to curbs the curb bar so yeah that's that's curvy it's very curvy <laughs> very curvy you get to do the Kirby dance, of course. You've got to do the Kirby dance. Yep. In both the long and short version. I can't even remember what the long version is now. I mean, that that pretty much was the long version. The short version isn't much different. It's just like very slightly shorter. Yeah, pretty much. It's just like the Smash Brothers end theme music where they cut that down slightly. But yeah. Oh yeah, it has an extra. Yeah, it does. It does the first verse. Yeah, I remember now. Get curbed. Yep. Get curvy. Get yourself curbed. Curb storm. Free demo. Yep. Play play that demo very quickly because it's not long and it's not difficult. Grind those curbs. Is it radio? And then the other thing that I played, I guess, apart from usual stuff I mean I did get past the Elite Four and Pokemon at last yeah. actually got around to doing that and it turns out I technically did need my, the rest of my team once because the <laughs> very first guy I fought and the very first move he did poisoned my main uh. starter Pokemon I was like well I'm not going to take out his whole team before the poison wears me down so I guess I'll have to switch or I could have just used an antidote I guess <laughs> maybe but apart from that just my starter killed everything and it was totally fine great standard I was like okay then because I didn't need to worry about all this grinding I'm so elite I know Pokemon inside and out no I've just got a beef ass star <laughs> yep I've just got a starter Pokemon that's 20 levels higher than all your ones <laughs> although I feel like I feel like the starter that I was going with the grass one which is grass ground in this case was maybe like I I don't really remember the other ones. I remember the I remember the one I used originally, which is the water one, which is water steel, which is quite a nice combination because steel is super hardy hmm. in most cases. Obviously, water steel is like super weak to electric. <laughs> That's like four times effective. Hmm. And then grass ground is super weak to ice, but ice is pretty rare in general in Pokemon. But yeah, the the grass ground combination is kind of ridiculously powerful because you get like earthquake as your ground attack which is like the go-to massive damage attack of pokemon basically and then you also get like giga drain so you can just get your health back <laughs> ah okay <laughs> so it's like grass ground is a like fairly powerful combination really hmm. for a start of pokemon but yeah um 
And the other thing that's weird about the Elite Four in that game is, obviously I didn't play the third generation, the Ruby and Emerald one on GBA. But like in this one, because what you would think of as the Elite Four is, and the traditional Elite Four is like they're one specific type, right? So you have four four different ones that are a, a, a type. So you've, in the original, you might have like the ice one. Mm. And in this one, they're still doing that kind of, except they kind of screwed themselves weirdly with like, because of the weird selection of Pokemon in this game including the new ones and what ones were brought back for the for the 150 that you get through the main story they kind of like really weirdly limited their options because like the first guy is bug which is weird for a start because bug type sucks <laughs> but they did introduce at least one like new almost good bug in this game to give him something to be <laughs> useful <laughs> okay. so that's fine and then you get like a ground a ground type leader and that's fine and I forget what the other one, what the fourth one is. But, like, the third one is weird because, like, his design and, like, I know, conversation or whatever hmm. implies that he was meant to be a fire type. But there's only two Pokemon that are fire type in the whole game. <laughs> so he has those two, but then he just has, like, a few other random ones. Wait, wait, so what do you mean there's only... Well, okay, so before you unlock... The, the rest of the rest of the Pokemon lineup. They only added two fires. Yeah, there's the fire starter and like Rapidash, the traditional fire horse from Generation One. Right, and that's the only two Pokemon that are actually fire typed in that whole game. Wow, <laughs> or that whole starter of the game. Interesting. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it is weird. And like Electric is super underrepresented in this game as well. Mm. There's not really many options for that. But yeah, so he has those two fire types, and it's just like he was. It feels like he was meant to be a fire type gym leader, but then they just didn't have any to they give didn't him. Didn't have any, yeah. <laughs> a bit of a. But they should have just like as an utter curveball thrown in, like some uh, like post game fire types. Yeah, that might have been interesting, but then they kind of because that's that's kind of what that feels kind of like what the boss fight should be for right it's like yeah. what else are you gonna do and it's like well we throw in pokemon you well, can't I mean, have the, there is the post game stuff which i'm just starting to get onto but i like the reason they couldn't do that specifically in this case is because of the way the pokedex is locked because they've actually it's actually i mean i guess kind of well designed because they want in the idea of like what's this a pokemon compliment yep in the idea of like filling up your pokedex in this game specifically it they worry more about seen rather than captured so you don't have to catch every pokemon you just have to see them all right but they've specifically designed the game so that eventually you will see them all just from fighting all the trainers like every Pokemon that is in that 150 oh. will be fought eventually. Interesting. So if you've stopped to fight everyone on your journey, you will have seen them all. Yeah. Except for, of course, the one legendary from the other game. But right. then they've built in a workaround for that as well, where like after you've beaten the Elite Four, some they like an elder from this village you go to earlier in the game that's story significant is like, oh, you should come and look at this book. And then they just show you a picture of the other Elite, uh, the other legendary from the other game. And that counts. And that counts. Which is a bit dumb in the lore of the Pokedex, but yeah, that's really dumb. But at least they have an excuse of why you can see this other one that doesn't that wouldn't exist in this game. They should just wouldn't it be easier to just have a little cutscene where you see it, 
well, you're, and you're just yeah, like, maybe. I was like, Ooh, like when you it? when you go up to fight the one, it should have they maybe just both should have been there for a minute, and, and then, then one, the of the other one should have flown yeah. away or something. Yeah, yeah, they could have done it slightly more smart, but I mean, at least they thought about it. But yeah, that's why the Elite Four can't <laughs> really have any of the post game Pokemon because that's before you unlock the full Pokedex. Look, look at this. I have seen real anti-grav races with my own eyes because I've got a wipeout coaster. <laughs> the Pokedex never <laughs> I'll make... I'll add that to my encyclopedia like, of anti-gravity racers. As soon as I was looking at... As soon as I think about that, it's like the Pokedex has never made sense anyway. Because <laughs> I mean, of course not. Because it's like you go out there with this encyclopedia that doesn't have any information in it, except it has all the information in it. You only just unlock the information by looking yeah, at a thing. <laughs> exactly. It somehow it somehow derives everything you need to know about it. But it's not by... it's not just like physical stats even. Like it has law. Like yeah. the Pokedex has law, which there's no way it could know unless it had already been programmed into <laughs> about the stuff about like Cubone right That's yeah. like how, how on earth would it know, or ghost Pokemon in general or would... any of the legendaries that are like myths essentially yeah. how would it know any of that it's real dumb you kind of have to ignore I think the lore of the Pokedex for the Pokemon world to make any sense yeah it's like because some of that stuff is wild right <laughs> well I mean, a lot of the law lore is like, you know, it is explicitly said that it's myths or legends or folklore or whatever. Right. So the Pokedex isn't, but but the Pokedex doesn't always explicitly say that, right? Like no. how, how every Cubone is wearing its dead mother's skull. I mean, that might actually be true, though. <laughs> I mean, it might. But... <laughs> there's, no, there's no reason that couldn't make sense, technically. How do they get hold of the skull? Do they have to, like, skin their mum? Yeah, presumably. <laughs> Pokemon's dark. I mean, it doesn't, the, the, Problem with that is more like, at what point does that happen, and is it a cubo before that? <laughs> yeah, right. Is, is it just a bone? I mean, oh, well, probably not a cubo because it needs the bony bit, right? But like, is it just a cube? Yeah, <laughs> the cube. Is it actually a diglet, and then it comes up into a skull and it evolves? Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, a diglet just randomly goes. What's this? <laughs> Where's the where's the skull as a hat? Yeah, exactly. Like, but then who created the first Cubone? The, 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 <laughs> well, which the, came the first, like, the chicken or the egg? Yeah. The chicken or the Cubone? Yeah. <laughs> oh man! I mean, Pokemon is about in mass enslavement of animals and forcing them to fight each other, right? So. Well, that's that. There's <laughs> pretty you, dark. As soon as you, yeah, but there's like there's weird deep lore excuses about that where it's like, yeah, but of course, where it's are. like when you apparently like. When you throw a Pokeball at a Pokemon, I think they maybe go into this slightly nastiest even, because obviously this is like the early right, years of Pokeballs like... even existing or whatever. Mm. Yeah. But, but like, it. when you throw a poke- Pokeball at a Pokemon, the reason why they sometimes don't work and don't capture the Pokemon or the Pokemon breaks out is that, like, the Pokemon is actually choosing to get caught. Like, it's... The reason you fight Pokemon to lower their health is to prove that you're a good trainer, essentially, to the Pokemon, and then it allows itself to get caught by the Pokemon. <laughs> to be right. Like, well, it submits. This dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'll join this guy. Huh. I mean, that's a good excuse for, like, weird enslavement problems, I give, guess. <laughs> give, give, yeah, give Pokemon a choice. This is your life now. This Pokemon must respect you first. Although then, then that makes the Master Ball way darker. Because <laughs> then they don't have a choice. Because the Master <laughs> yeah. Ball is 100% capture rate. They just get in there. They're just... Oh, well, maybe they look at the Master Ball like when they're inside it, it's like the... Whatever the interior the of the Master Ball is like, they're like, oh my days. And then they just don't want to leave. Yeah. They just keep me in here. I have lucked out here. 
this is this is this is my pad for life. I mean, that is technically a thing because you have luxury balls, which are the same thing. <laughs> Except they don't have a better catch rate. They just make the Pokemon friendlier. <laughs> luxury ball. <laughs> Something about the phrase luxury, luxury balls. balls. Oh, it's like the minstrel pack you you really want, but it's not that. I'd like a bag of luxury balls, please. That's Pokemon. I did do a small amount of the post-game stuff, but not really much of it yet. There's like a whole separate like island on the map that you can go around. And is that where all the other Pokemon are? I don't actually do, know. Or, or does it do the thing where they just suddenly turn up? Yeah, I haven't worked that out yet because I remember. I, I, like, I feel like my memories are getting confused with Black and White, like the next game. Mm. But I remember they that they do spread out into the world in general at some point but in like these new areas you do just find them wild in the grass yeah but that's not obviously going to be enough of them Hmm. or maybe it is because like i don't know how many of the extra ones actually do show up in this game like the pokedex can include them all without them actually being available (laughs) because they would have just been transferred up from the other games like gold and silver where suddenly you can go back to the entirety of the original game yeah i don't think they've ever done that again i think that was only gold and silver that's done that trick for obvious reasons. So yeah, there's that. There's Pokemon. Uh, the other which, me- which Pokemon is this again? Which one is it? Is this XY? No, this is this Diamond is, and Pearl. Diamond Pearl. Pearl, right, yeah. The fourth yeah. generation. Yeah. I get a bit lost. Don't we all? <laughs> yep. There's been too many, <laughs> which is their actual problem. Um, so yeah, there was that, the general usual things that I've been playing. I guess it's vaguely surprising then that they're returning to something as mundane as Scarlet and Violet. Well, that was the problem. They ran out of colours and then they ran out of well, logical they... letter options. Yeah, but then they did something different like with Sword and Shield, right? They started to branch out, I suppose. I mean, kind of, I guess. They done Pokemon Alpha and Omega? I don't know. I mean, yeah, well, kind of. They used that, <laughs> they used that when they remade... Ruby and Sapphire. It's Alpha. Oh, alpha. They did. Is it yeah. Alpha Ruby and Omega, Omega Sapphire? Sapphire. Something like that. Oh, they, yeah. so they did use that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They haven't done just A and B, have they? <laughs> well, obviously, it's going to be dumb. <laughs> like it's X a prequel. It'll be Pokemon Alpha and Pokemon Beta. <laughs> no, but that's what Alpha and Omega are for. <laughs> I'm going to play the Pokemon Beta Beta. <laughs> Want to be a Beta tester on Pokemon Beta? <laughs> That also makes it sound like radiation or something, though. Well, they don't have radioactive Pokemon yet. That was a fan game, Pokemon Uranium. Oh, okay. Is it? Well, apparently that's one of the fairly bad fan games, though. Right. Okay. Well, it was. I mean, supposedly it's it's they tried to be do like a dark Pokemon story because obviously it's actually about radiation and like things getting fucked up. So like. That part of it is maybe kind of interesting, but they didn't do a very good job with the game part of it. Hmm. <laughs> Even though most Pokemon fan games are just like built on one of the engines and it's just like, you know, it's an edit more than a sure. actual full game. Choppy bash. <laughs> or a terrible translation. Yes, or a terrible translation. Was that was that yellow or was that... That the, was green. That was, yeah, that was green. What was green? Green was like yellow, except it was like a Japanese version of blue, essentially. I think. Oh, so what the Jap- the Japanese got green and red? I think so. Is that why we ended up with leaf green? Yeah. Later on. Yeah. They basically made green real <laughs> fast. Because wait, was leaf, leaf? Yeah, leaf green was that was that was was that the remake of the original? Yeah. The, the original original. Yes. Huh. So we didn't get a blue. 
we've never had our blue remake effectively because we got a green remake. I, I did they make two of that remake? I don't remember. I thought they made leaf green and something red. Yeah, it might have fire been fire red. Yeah, I guess it was. So yeah, I guess they they I guess they didn't make a water blue. <laughs> no, the green is functionally blue anyway. Mm. Unless you're playing that weird version of green where it like modified it so it was more about the bug Pokemon for some reason. Man, it must. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I vaguely remember that. It must have sucked, like, in a weird... Like, because red and blue were weird anyway, right? Because if you had a GBC, a Game Boy Color, you, yeah. um, you the whole down. game was tinted yeah. blue or red. Oh, was it? Yeah. I, mean, I remember I remember having that game, obviously, and, like, holding down a combination of... Yeah, oh, you yeah. could change the tint to make it look it. better in some way. Yeah, the, the Game yeah. Boy... I forgot about that. Yeah, the Game Boy Color had the tint choice. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, um, I guess that wasn't a Pokemon thing. That was just a system level thing. That was a system thing. Yeah, but I think the games might be able to like if the game itself was Game Boy Color aware, it might have been able to let you because they they were like red and blue, for instance. They were they weren't Game Boy Color games, but they were no, released they with well, the Game Boy Color was a thing. Yeah. So they were yeah. color aware. Um, right. So hence why the default colors for them were slightly tinted. Um, until you messed around with them, so they might they might have been able to define their own palettes. Hmm. In Palette Town, <laughs> yeah, coincidentally, <laughs> that was a weird. If you think about it, that's a weird name for a game that when it was originally black and white. <laughs> you start in Palette Town in this game that doesn't actually have any colors. It doesn't, it doesn't have a palette. Yeah, but all the cities are named after colors. <laughs> for yeah, in that game, yes, they were. Which is why that made sense, because it's like Pallet Town is the one which is all of them except it's a tiny village. <laughs> the Pokemon music is generally quite underrated, I think. Like, especially the GB, especially the Game Boy era music, though. What they managed to achieve yeah, melodically yeah, yeah. on a Game Boy is quite impressive. And then there's the Pokemon Christ. <laughs> the exact opposite of that problem. <laughs> Although it's kind of funny when I was looking when when you're by generation four with the diamond and pearl that I'm playing right now because you've got one and two where it's like hella saw wave shit going on obviously yes and then but like it doesn't change much through gold and silver and then ruby and sapphire it starts to get a bit more fancy but then by the time you get to diamond and pearl they they're just like fuck it we're doing we've got all kinds of weird now we can actually make real sound effects but it's just weird because mm. they just make all kinds of weird noises <laughs> but i love that like that's fine they, they even even today don't they like when they reference the original 150 there's a good chance it will sound a little like the original game yeah they called. just basically keep the original thing and just like try and put other sound effects over it to make it sound more like a thing it's rather kind, than just saw, saw waves. It's kind of amazing that they've stuck with it for that long and not just... Like, I'm I'm, I'm always surprised that they didn't just lean into the cartoon approach. <laughs> that would have sucked, though. That would just be so annoying for a video game to have a, to put up with that constantly. No, I think it would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I find it kind of annoying in the modern Pokemon games where they allow the Pokemon cries to like play like as an ambient thing during battle like the Pokemon would just constantly make noises at each other oh, right. and it's just like that's kind of annoying in yeah. just that much yeah I can see that could be annoying <laughs> but then like if they <laughs> but they could be so much funnier if they were like like Jigglypuff 
Yes, but that's not how that would work because also you could you would run into the exact same problem as the animations where they'd only have one. <laughs> yeah, you need to have quite a few variants. They'd have to be like Jigglypuff. I mean, uh, technically, Diamond and Pearl do have a variant because they have it when they like when Pokemon faint, they use a pitched down version of the cry for the fainting, <laughs> which yeah. is sometimes weird because some. Like some of the sound effects don't sound any different when they get pitched down just because of the sound waves. Oh, well, yeah, I guess if it's using noise rather than the noise part of the chip rather than the squares, then and, it's not going to sound any different. And also, but... in some cases, like the pitched down version of the Pokemon Cry is just the same as the evolved version's normal cry because that's just how that used to work. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> right, yeah. Huh. There's that. There's Pokemon. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess the sort of different thing that I've been playing I'm always tempted to say new but it's like new but not new in any way new for the pod new for this period of time new for this year new for this I, I wouldn't even be able to estimate how long ago I last played this but I I think we talked about it on the podcast and I've also think we talked about it on, on an old podcast I happened to be listening to as well, hmm. but I went back and installed Envira. Oh, right. Okay. What? <laughs> How come? Because well, Age of Empires 4 wasn't tempting. Well, I mean, I guess, so I think we did talk about it recently-ish on a podcast at some point for some yeah, reason. Okay, yeah, it did, it did come up. And obviously this old podcast I listened to, but also I've sort of, just in my YouTube algorithms, I've been seeing a lot of like this one guy who does commentary over like Age of Empires 2 games, which is kind of interesting, right. even though I don't really know much about M- Age of Empires. Mm. I, although I feel like I've learned quite a lot just watching this guy's videos. Right. Because <laughs> he does, he does like, he does pro games, pro games and noob games, where it's like, you know, you watch the noob games and then maybe oh, we can learn something from watching these people be bad <laughs> and oh, see, where, see where they went wrong. That's kind of cool. So I've been watching some of that. So I was just like, well, I mean, I don't really have any of those games, but I do have Empire Earth, which is basically an Age of Empires game. Because hmm. <laughs> it's or, made by one of the Age of Empires developers. Yeah, it's an attempt at it, isn't it? Yeah. The other one I get confused with Empire Earth is Rise of Nations, yeah. right? Is oh, right. That was, was that when... also a spin-off of Empire Earth? Oh, I don't, sorry, I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if that Empire was Earth. one of the developers again or whatever. Because wasn't that one like, like real time like age of empires but it was kind of like civilization except it was all over in 20 minutes <laughs> like in terms of the tech well i mean empire earth was basically that yeah. as well yeah that's what i thought yeah but rise of nations was trying to be much more like a traditional rts i guess like it was much more about unit fights than base building i think hmm. from i mean i think i played rise of nations once but not very much but yeah, I went back. I, yeah, I don't remember a lot about Rise of Nations. I remember Empire Earth a bit more vividly. Well, I went, I went to Empire Earth and, to play that. And so the first thing that's weird is just that it just works. Oh, really? <laughs> it, it installs totally fine and it just runs. And I was like, oh, okay then. What, like using an original disc copy? Yes, using my actual disc. Amazing. And it didn't even need, like, no CD patching or anything. Huh. I mean, it does run a CD check that you probably could get rid of with a no CD, but... Almost certainly. It just runs fine. And, like, the movies work and, you know, all that all that old game stuff that sometimes doesn't function yeah. correctly. That's amazing. But then, then once I started playing it, I remembered the actual problem with Empire F, which I guess 
is like an engine limitation of the time, mm. which is that you, the view is so zoomed in, it's just permanently, it's, you, can, you can never zoom out, like, I mean, at maximum zoom out, it's far too close to manage. <laughs> right. Is it, is which it, I guess was an engine limitation because they just couldn't render that many polygons or whatever. Yeah, at I was going to say, because this was early 3D RTS, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. But like it's something it's really terrible to try and play that game in its original form because like even like, the game doesn't really even account for it because like it's you can easily have enough units that when you're when you move them and they move in like a formation or whatever like a square formation you can easily be controlling enough units that that, that a formation of units won't even fit on the screen. Wow. <laughs> But luckily, you can just patch that and then get three times as much zoom out and oh, you're good. Awesome. <laughs> Unofficial, not actual, you know, modded patch, but yeah. you can just fix that with a patch and Thanks then you're community. good. So I did that and I was like, okay, this is much more playable now. <laughs> it's not as real, but it's actually more bearable in the modern age. Hmm. How did anyone bear this in its original form? So can you ramp the res right up to your. Well, I mean, yeah, it just runs natively. Yeah. Wow, okay. I mean, so that that you... doesn't really help because it's no, no, so no. low polygon, obviously. Of course, but like, as, like having that zoom level like makes even more sense, right? If I was running it on, I don't know, a modern fourteen forty p monitor like I've got here, yeah. like, like you want to be able to zoom out a little further to use your screen real estate, yo. <laughs> yeah, kind of. But yeah, so I played. I played some of the campaigns of that. Because I think probably that's a better option than trying to play a skirmish. Because you know the skirmish idea in a, in, a, in Empire Earth is like you know it's the entire goddamn history of everything. <laughs> and the trouble with that is like I mean it's it's a fun idea in theory, but then that leads to two problems, which is either you get tech rushed and like overwhelmed really quickly because they've just advanced through the ages faster than you. Yeah. Or the game lasts like five hours because everyone goes through the entire tech tree because it's so long. Mm. <laughs> and you can never break a stalemate because everyone is advancing at the same rate. So everyone gets through the entire million years of history tech tree. Right. Because that's the thing about Age of like Age of Empires Two is it has it has ages, but there's only four mm. of them and it doesn't advance that far. It's like Dark Age, Feudal Age, Imperial Age. We've got Castle Age and Imperial Age. So it's like, it's not really that much tech difference. Oh, so they actually age mid-game? Yeah. It's okay. a, just a tech upgrade, essentially. Mm. But then it allows you access to different technologies and different units or whatever. So can you end up with, like, I mean, the perennial question, which is, like, almost my favourite thing about civilization sometimes, is, like, can you have an ancient unit still on the battlefield? Or do they all just swap? I don't remember how it actually works in Empire Earth because obviously this doesn't really happen during the campaign because you're usually only operating in, in one or two ages. Yeah, but I, f- f- I believe that they do automatically upgrade because the other thing that's weird about Empire Earth is individual units have an upgrade tree on like their stats essentially, so you can like spend resources to like upgrade armor. On this type of unit. Oh, on this type. I thought for a second I thought you meant no, like not, each individual, individual unit. Ones. I was like, that sounds like a hell of a lot of micromanagement. <laughs> individual unit types. But then I think those upgrades carry through if that unit upgrades. So okay. I think some, like, it's a line of units that are of similar type. Hmm. And then obviously it has like a rock, paper, scissors damage output thing where it's like melee beats spears or the other way around or whatever. And then ranged beats melee and yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. Like, I kind of. 
It's just just the bit of me, the bit of me that kind of in my head always likes the idea of a spearman going up against a tank. Yeah. Just like, come on, Ed. You think you're hard enough? I'm, 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 I'm made. I'm made of metal, mate. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty hard enough. That was why Civilization Two, like by far the best wonder, was like Da Vinci's workshop. Yeah, automatic upgrades. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But yeah, so yeah, Age of Empires is like you know, it is basically an, an, an Age of Empires game. You have these. You can sort of feel that it was like, yes, this is clearly one of the developers from Age of Empires coming to make Empire Earth, because especially in the early game where it is those early ages that would be the ages of Age of Empires, it's like, oh yeah, this is pretty much the same, same same progress, same unit tree, same buildings. Yeah, and to some degree, the rock paper scissors is going to give you that. Is always going to be that. Yeah, and then. The other thing for, for, for a good thing, I, I guess, about Envira is if you like bad voice acting, it's got it. Hell <laughs> if yeah. If you like terrible French accents. <laughs> My favourite. Or German or Russian, because those are like three of the campaigns, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the French is made, the French is in the English campaign because it's, they call it the English campaign, but it starts with like Norman conquest, so it's actually the French campaign technically, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then they turn into the English at some point. <laughs> so get ready for Accurate. bad French accents. I hope they are. Uh, they they planned to have a gradually diminishing French accent. Well, that's well. what I figured, but I don't think I, I don't think I got far enough in. I mean, it's like I am technically the English now, but I think we're still quite French at this point. <laughs> Zut blimey. <laughs> <laughs> Zut blimey. <laughs> but yeah, you have these four cam... The other thing I I guess I didn't remember... I don't know how much I ever actually played of Empire Earth. I'm not sure I've ever actually played past the English campaign, maybe. Because oh. like, the first campaign is the ancient Greeks. Mm. So like that's their whole thing. Up to like sort of start of the not really the start of the Roman Empire I guess sort of high Greece Mm. like just before it all collapsed and that kind of area Mm. and then the second campaign is the English slash French so you've got that around you know 1066 age I guess and all that yeah and then the third campaign is weirdly it's a German campaign in World War 2 so I'm not sure how that's going to turn out exactly not well yeah you would assume but you, you like you get the Red Baron and you get aircraft and that kind of mm. stuff going on. And then the fourth campaign is the Russians, and it starts in 1990 and goes into the future ages. Not well. Oh yeah, not also well. not not well. <laughs> Although apparently, I did watch a, like a, a little review of Empire Earth, which didn't really go into go into it much, but they did mention what the campaign is about. And apparently, like. So in the start of the campaign, you, you it, it's like, I guess it doesn't exactly follow the fall of the Soviet era or whatever, but like you, you start off as the leader of the, of Russia, but then when you die, you, you pass on your leadership to like an AI mech <laughs> and then it becomes the new leader of Russia. Amazing. <laughs> so, I mean, that's kind of weird. <laughs> And then the game turns into Rift Breaker. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. The future tech age of Empire Earth is all weird hackers and cybernetics and, and mechs. And China? Maybe. Apart from Russia, apparently. <laughs> China from Russia. 
<laughs> from China with vodka. Because that is the other slightly weird thing about the ages is like they they are these weirdly national like what you would think of as being units of like Germany and Russia and and Greece and Britain, but they're just like all strung together. So if you actually play through the skirmish game or whatever, and you go through all the ages, it's like oh well, um, in these sort of Middle Ages period, I'm using longbows like the English would, and then suddenly it's like German tanks <laughs> as you evolve into the modern age. Mm. They're not like they're not linked. There's no race race stuff or what you know whatever you call that nationality it's not like that it's just a tech tree <laughs> yeah for some reason that's sort of reminds me of the slightly uncomfortable occasionally i should say uncomfortable nature of the of, of the japanese fondness for german world war Two stuff they love making anime girls into tanks girls into panzer that show was all right <laughs> But like you know, like you could argue Valkyria Chronicles, right? Yeah, pretty like, much. Like you're sort of playing as the Germans. No, you're technically playing as no, Switzerland. Yeah, <laughs> Switzerland-ish, France-ish, I guess. But they like their German imagery. I mean, the Germans are technically the bad guys, right? In Valkyria Chronicles, those are more like Germans than anything else, with their giant spears. And I mean, that is both sides, but yeah. that tech is from that side essentially yeah but then your tank is called Edelweiss I suppose which it's is quite Swiss, Swiss. <laughs> that's Swiss isn't it yeah it sounds German but I forget it's Swiss yeah you're right so yeah that's Empire if I didn't I mean I've, I think I've probably got as far through it as I ever have being in the middle of the English campaign I don't know <laughs> if I'll continue to play it or not please play the problematic Russian campaign yeah maybe I'll just skip ahead and try the start of it and see how it goes yeah Supposedly the main problem with that campaign is like by that point in the game it just becomes too much of like a unit pile. Like there's just so many goddamn units, but then and like the whole countering triangle rock, paper, scissors stuff is just so impossible to manage when there's just it's just throwing random units at you constantly. I've always wondered, like, yeah, surely there's a point in any RTS where that sort of just like goes out the window to well, some degree well, it's mean, just like well I've got all three in this mass well that's the thing about when I've been watching the guy doing the commentary over the Age of Empires 2 because that, that obviously has the same thing mm. but like the way it's always described when he's talking about it is like you want to focus on one unit because because in, in that game specifically because it is a sort of more traditional RTS it's actually about speed as well, like mm. getting to the points as fast as possible and doing everything super efficiently. Yeah. It's like you want to focus on one unit and because you're spending resources for the upgrades, you want to spend as many resources on just upgrading that one unit as possible. And then the other units are just like supplementary or complementary. So you're not, it's not. And then if you see someone attacking you with their army, which is likely going to be one unit, do you commit to making the exact counter or do you try and only work on the one unit you were already upgrading? And that's mm. like the choice. So it's like, it does have that rock, paper, scissors, but then it's actually a more of a decision than rather than just spamming everything. Cause you can't really use everything as effectively as you could use one thing, but I with guess, some backup. <laughs> I guess that makes sense in the, in the speed version. Yeah. yeah when you're skilled enough to think that way, and well, and, play that way. And when it's, when it's about like getting resources, 
quickly and you're always going to be you're always basically going to have zero resources in the bank because you're constantly spending them as soon as they come in so your options are going to be literally time limited in that way where like you can't do everything you have to choose which one you're going to do right now Mm. so yeah i mean that is which i was never very good at no exactly that is that is the skill of rtss i guess really unit counters and like knowing what to what is like what is the enemy most likely going to be do, doing based on the scouting that i've seen of them yeah if you see a barracks go up what unit are they going to be making <laughs> so yeah that's empire F. it was nice to just be able to install it and have it work <laughs> mm, yeah that's nice for that's an actual disc that i still have that alone is quite surprising it is a sierra game i guess I feel like Sierra games more often than not have that kind of workingness where it's like they just do seem to work for a long time after they were released. I can't really remember the last time I fired up a Sierra game in fairness. Not even the modern Sierra, whatever the hell they are. (laughs) And there was another game. While I was looking for that disc, I was thinking about another game and I don't think I actually picked up the other disc maybe i didn't see it tanktics no I, there's, there's no disc for that the game doesn't exist the impossible game pick up parts pick up parts. I'm, I'm sure i still have the installer for the demo of that i kept that it's still there i well, don't think it'll ever run because it's impossible to get that fucking thing to, it was yeah. practically impossible to get that thing to run at the time i managed to find some version of something of tanktic tonight at some point i haven't tried it but i've got some some copy. God knows what it is. I wish I still had Tank Racer. Yeah, what happened? It's so to that? weird that 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 developer was like when made Tank Ticks, and then Wild Metal Country, and then Grand Theft Auto Two, and then Grand Theft Auto Three, and then and, then, mm. and now it's like the biggest thing in the world. Yeah, it's like the fact that that's DMA is really weird. Well, I mean, you got Lemmings. I mean, yeah, I suppose, but Lemmings was a, really successful. It does make you wonder yeah. how? Like, I guess I don't know the the lineage well enough. Like, how much of original DNA was about when they DMA? Sorry, when were about when they started making those that era of games? Yeah. Because at that point, Lemmings is old already. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Lemmings is old. Don't forget Lemmings Paintball. Lemmings Paintball. (laughs) Another game that I wish I could play again, and I'm not sure I do actually have the installers for any longer. And also it was practically impossible to get it to run. Yeah, I think that was the problem. I think that had compatibility issues. Because obviously that had a weird-ass engine, if you can call it an engine. In in, Yeah, it was... (laughs) sort of pre-DirectX but sort of a Windowsy game so yeah whatever tech it was it might be based on like direct old direct draw yeah right? I think it might probably like, which was the reason why Worms 2 doesn't work properly anymore yeah because you can't run Worms 2 because direct draw got dropped or was it direct 2D or something yeah, like one that of those. yeah some old DirectX tech got dropped so like, I'm missing all these discs of games that I want to play like tank racer and, and all that stuff but then like for some reason i still have the disc for like e-racer <laughs> e-racer man, and i'm yeah. like why why do i even have this i didn't even play this at the time really i mean i did for a while no you think you lent it to me and i played it a bunch yeah i mean i played it a bit 
I quite like not, eRacer. Not with like the real purpose of eRacer, because it was meant to be like a, an online yeah, racer. An online competitive thing. Yeah, an early online racer. Oh. Yeah. Hence the E. Because <laughs> that was how you signified online back in the day. E electronic racer. I remember the music actually, like the, the like the, the menu music literally just had like a creepy whispering eraser. Yep, sure did. I think I still have the disc for Clusterball, obviously. But <laughs> and I did see my disc for Hostile Waters, and I was like, oh yeah, fucking Hostile Waters. Hostile Waters, man. <laughs> Make a video series on that one day. Well, didn't we? Oh yeah, I thought we did. We, I we made videos that on my personal oh, right. YouTube. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> they, okay. they have like they have nine thousand views, which is way higher than anything <laughs> on our actual YouTube channel. But that's also because they're ancient. Don't tell the listeners that like, they're from the old. <laughs> they're from the old days of YouTube, before actual channels were a thing. Yeah, when it was all personal. Are we going to do a, a hostile waters series then? Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, maybe we could one day. That's a that's a lot of shooting freaking missiles and waiting for them to to reload. Well, it? I don't and know. Just out of range of things. I mean, it's possible that with modern skills, we might actually be able to get through that faster. Well, you'll speed run it. Yeah, we might do things slightly more efficiently and more smartly. Charge and less turtly, because that yeah. that was the actual reason the hostile waters took us forever because it was we turtled it, which is you but, don't uh, really but, don't have to. You don't have to, no, but the mechanics were really quite friendly towards the turtling playstyle. Yeah. Generally. What happened to that? Aren't they remaking Carrier Command? What's going on? Oh, yeah, well, I mean, they've already released Carrier Command 2 or whatever. Who Who is that? It was, it's one oh, really? of the developers that I know, right? Is it Frontier, okay, no. right? It's the Planet Coaster. Really? I think so. Huh. They're busy. Because I kept seeing posts about that, but I never got around to trying a demo or anything. I mean, I think people didn't really like it that much, which, I mean, that's fairly obvious. <laughs> oh, okay. No one's ever going to recapture the, the that gameplay because it's not a modern gameplay style. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't work. It's like Hostile Wars would have, been, would have been better if it had, you know, more functional AI. Sure. <laughs> but... Yeah, that's just how it was back then. Because basically, didn't wasn't our approach to that basically to just like solo everything, like never let the AI let the AI defend. Yeah, and we all do everything else. Yeah, pretty much. Because the trouble with the AI in Hostile Wars is like they had no self preservation. (laughs) (laughs) Right, and unless you tell like if you tell them to stand ground like and stop, they just stop. But if you don't tell them to stand ground, they'll fucking chase anything anywhere all over the map from directly into fortifications <laughs> and just die. <laughs> so it's like, it's, you basically didn't ever use the, the most you could do is use the follow command to make them follow you. So they'd just be like, they'd just become like more guns for you. <laughs> Can you sort of do that in a lot of old like RTS style games, really you sort of kite enemies out with like, I'm sort of thinking maybe that might've been a command and conquer thing, right? That They were just like, we've, we've got someone, we're attacking them and they just sort of follow well yeah sure that kind of old school ai tech actually i guess that's one thing that empire f does quite well is like you have you can set you have like stance or whatever where you can change how aggressive they are and then like one of them is like guard and that actually sort of works like you'd expect like if anything starts attacking them or comes near enough they'll go and attack it but then they don't run away from the general facility they're in they won't chase it forever if it tries to escape which is actually nice and like attack move actually works properly in Empire F as well. 
Nice. Like when you set that up, they'll attack anything that they meet along the way, but they will always eventually end up where you're taking them to go. Right. That's cool. <laughs> Stop and have a fight, but then carry on. Yeah. So yeah, I, I was definitely, well, as soon as I dug into that box of old discs, I was like, oh, maybe I need to try some more of these out. It's been a while. But I doubt most of them will work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least not nearly as easily as this one. That's more or less what I, like, all I did. Whole ton of, well, not a whole ton of anything, really. <laughs> I didn't even play Empire Earth that much. It was actually quite a quiet week in terms of time spent on anything. Yeah. Likewise, I've had a relatively, yeah. Uh... Which is why I've been talking for this whole time and no one else has. Yeah. Because <laughs> Rob has only played like one thing again. Yeah. And it's a continuation of one thing. What's I mean, that been then? I mean, our crossover, our, we've obviously played a bit more Hyrule. Yeah. I don't think there's much to say from last time. I think we mentioned we mentioned the king last time, did we? No. Well, no. We, well we also didn't actually mention Koga last time. We totally forgot that we did that whole mission. We mentioned we did the mission, but we didn't mention that Koga turns up at the end. And we just get him. Because it's really abrupt. Who's Koga? Koga. Koga what? What? <laughs> I've totally fl- I've lost the plot. <laughs> what? Master Koga of the Oh Koga clan. Not Koga. For some reason I was like, a can of Coke turns up. <laughs> Oh yeah, Koga. Yeah, he's totally playable. He just sort of a pit. He's sort of just, just, just. I mean, it's really weird. Yeah, he kind of just turns up. Yeah, like, he just literally just turns up and is like yeah, bows to Zelda, and then he's just the character you have. Like story wise, there is another scene. I think like a whole mission before that, even where the the actual bad guy, the evil Ganon wizard dude, kills all <laughs> the Yiga clan for sacrifice purposes. And then Master Koga is like, oh shit, we were on the bad side all along. <laughs> I mean, you kind of always knew that, right? But there's like, but there's a, there's kind of one of those, like, we don't need you anymore yeah, moments. And exactly. it's like, you, you have. Uh, They're just being sacrificed for human sacrifice, not actually part of the team any longer. <laughs> you have exceeded your usefulness, or but other, then, way, other way around. <laughs> but then he does just literally just turn up in like a completely separate. Like it fades to black after whatever the cutscene at the end of this mission is, and then it's just a picture, basically a picture of Koga Martin kneeling in front of Zelda, and then that's that's all they say about it. Well, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, because like he's disguised as a standard Hillian trooper, and they're walking off, and he's like, and Zelda's like, so what did you want to say? And then he jump does a massive jump onto a cliff, and there's like, ha ha, I've got who you thought I am, and then just comes back down and bows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, there you go, you know, you have Koga. <laughs> He's kind of fun. He's all right. He's very weird. He's as very, you would expect. He's, he's quite strange. And then the, the move where he punches himself, <laughs> yeah, is is a little weird. Like a ghost version of him appears and then punches himself with it, and then there's it creates an extension- a shockwave for some reason. Yeah, and then there's an extension of that where they get into like a cartoon cartoon ball of ball of smoke, and have, he has like a fight with himself, which is weird. But his whole thing is like he has a stress meter, so as he fights, he gets stressed. And it's like, if you're not careful, the stress gets too much and he plants himself in the ground like an ostrich and has, as the game describes, a pathetic tantrum, um, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Um, but you can you can dispel your stress in the form of a glowy eye laser. Because <laughs> why not? And then obviously the king, as we had always predicted. <laughs> yeah. king. The king's alive and he's... Um, 
he's a playable character. And he's quite a boring playable character at that, at least at the moment. It's like his, his mechanics are pretty simple. I mean, he has his weird style switch where he yeah, turns into the old man. But it's not... Yeah. For some, for some reason, like totally breaking, I guess, the, the lore of this particular universe, he can turn into Hobo King. Well, I mean, I, maybe the... the idea which they obviously haven't explained and probably never will maybe the idea is that like in between the bit where he gets attacked at Hyrule Castle and when you eventually meet up with him again maybe he had to be in hiding so he was the old man for that whole time I mean maybe (laughs) maybe but he turns up in his like full regal dress and he can switch between it at will and his regal dress is huge it's um yeah but he plays quite simply yes well, it seems like it. I haven't played him yet. Because <laughs> we've only had him for one mission. Yeah. But it does seem like we're probably out of characters now, judging by the character screen. Maybe, yeah. We've reached a nice little like limit in how in how that grid looks. We did say that last time we reached yeah. the end of the line, but And then we got a whole load more. Now we're looking at this point in the game where it's like this can't can't be much more. No, well, I mean there can't be much more characters. There can be much more I can't, I can't, missions. Our, our completion rate's about seventy odd percent. Now, yeah, we get it. So, there. Yeah. Ah, oh, then we'll just have to buy the DLC. Oh my gosh. God. So there's that. There's that. And we play a bit of League. Nothing really to say there. Those goal explosions for the end of season kind of suck. Yep. Um, so that's a shame. Oh, they, they've, I think they've patched the Batman goal explosion that was definitely loud. <laughs> I, had, I, think, I think they fixed that now. Oh, I had no problem with that. That was fine. I know, it was funny, but it was kind of annoying. No, it was perfect. It was exactly how it should be. <laughs> Um, we played some Dirk. Yeah, we played a bit of Dirk. It was a free weekend, so we got Kippers back in for a couple of missions. Yeah, I don't know if you got an impression on what he felt about it. Like, can, I mean, we, get, I, can we get him back in? He's always been nominally enthusiastic, which yeah. is like, not, not, that's never enough for Kippers. He, uh, he has to be super in to actually give in. I mean, it was it was nice to, because the dynamic is different with more players. Yeah. And, it's, uh, and it was nice. Even though I seem to, have to keep picking you guys up. <laughs> I know we had we had some really stupid deaths, but like I don't know, like some. I found it really awkward that that, that when we were playing because it just seemed to be like I'm alive, I'm alive. Oh god, I'm suddenly very dead. How did that happen? Well, I think it's because we still forget that when you get revived, you get no health. <laughs> yeah, maybe. you really need to just as soon as you get revived, go and find some health. Yeah, <laughs> potentially because otherwise you have no hits and just shields. But also, obviously, you know, free players scales up the difficulty more as well. Yeah, it might have been that. It might have just been slightly unexpected. I, I backed that Deep Rock board game in right. the end. So um, they, they are planning on um, delivering in December currently, as, as far as, you know, Kickstarter plans go. Yep. That, thing, that thing looks cool. I ended up watching some uh, playthrough videos and be like, how does this actually work? Oh, okay. No, that's actually kind of neat. And it's... um. It met, I think, all of its stretch goals in the end, so mm. it'll be even bigger. Um, yeah, I think it's cool. Looking forward to that, but we've got a long wait until um, that turns up. Get you in the hood to play, Dan. Christmas time is the right time for board games, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's co-op, so it's, uh, it's, it's that'll be kind of cool, I think. 
Sure. Although I reckon you could come up with some house rules to make, like, if you, like, it's four players co-op, yeah. like, up to four player co-op, but I reckon you could come up with some house rules to add a fifth player to play as the swarm. Sure. It's like, it's, the like, the game gives you, like, some, some, like, here's what the creatures do on their turn. I mean, that's kind of, like, like kind of rules. You mean Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons, right? That's yeah. what I did. Kind of, yeah, but they're, they're very, like, fixed rules. It's sure. like, the characters must do this, but, like, you could hive mind it up a little bit and give them a bit of smarts. Um like so they don't have to move in a straight line straight towards you and things like that. You could mess with it a little bit, potentially add a add a fifth player. But yeah, that thing looks 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 pretty cool. I'm kind of excited for when that turns up many months away. Sick. Uh I played because I really needed to, I went and played some more fast RMX as I do every now and then. Oh <laughs> well, you've continued to. Yep, I had yeah. I I I had a I had a moment where I needed the switch, and uh, to, to to play some games away from home, and uh, so I played some fast RMX because it's rad, and it continues to be rad. And every time I play it, I'm sort of still kind of like, like this is so cool. Why are there not more games like this? <laughs> like it really annoys me that there aren't more games like like this. <sighs> It's like at this point you should just make one yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that good. <laughs> I mean, how complicated can it be? I mean, it's a physics. Engine, <laughs> I guess that's actually the hard part. Okay, games are hard. With the time with the time to do it, Zeg. You should give it a go. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't know what Rob would want from that game. That's why. It's like I could make a different kind of game. That's why. Just, just make F Zero. I could make a factory game. Probably. You could probably make a factory game. Do you think that would be cool? I'd like I mean, to see that. I mean, I should keep uh, like there's a. I mean, Red Out Two is supposedly coming later this year, and I quite liked Red Out One, so there's hope. Mm. And um, every now and then, I have a little look at Super Pilot on Steam, which is um, a, a. I think it's like a, one of these one guy projects, but it's very much aping the F Zero X look, right? Of of um of of zero G races. So it's like, yeah, that's that looks pretty cool. Um. With track editors and everything like that, and it's like, but, but a very clean, like almost like F Zero X, almost textureless look to it. Um, very helpful for one guy, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, so I'm keeping my eyes on that. But other than that, I've pretty much only really been playing Immortals this yep. last couple of weeks. I'm up to about thirty odd hours of game time in it, and it's wearing thin. <laughs> I think like it was I, wearing Vin last time. Yeah, it? but it. I mean, it's 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 it like it it remains being fine if you see what I mean. There's nothing inherently bad about it, and that like so I end up keep going back to it just to be all like, yeah, I can make a bit of progress on this. Yeah, I can make a little bit of progress on this, and it's like, and in, in fairness to it, like some of the they're never particularly challenging, but some of the chest puzzles about the world are at least. Let make you scratch your noodle for a split second before you figure out the uh, uh, figure out the solution. You're like, all right, I just need to go do this. Um, and there's been one or two that have been a little bit. I'm not quite sure what to do here. There's one vault in particular I've attempted where I have absolutely no idea what I'm supposed to do. Hmm. Um, um, so those, so that's kind of okay. Like I think the problem that. It ha- its biggest problem is its lack of inventiveness 
and that shouldn't be a surprise from my previous comments on it i guess like it's it's borrowing from breath of the wild in structure but it is not borrowing enough in terms of ingenuity yeah like well, so i mean <laughs> that's hard to borrow <laughs> ingenuity exactly yeah innovation so it's like it's 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 not really throwing new ideas at me now like like when i when i go go to challenges they're just more awkward challenges as opposed to being new and interesting challenges it's like there's not those moments where you turn a corner in breath of the wild and go what the hell is that and then you have a look at it and it is something surprisingly cool it's like it's just not that you'll turn around the corner and you'll see what the hell is that oh it's another block puzzle oh oh it's another i need to guide this arrow through the fire to light a thing puzzle it's like it all i think i've seen everything this game does and it's just going yeah. to be arranging them slightly differently um, from now on. Yeah, which may, like, uh, and so like, I think the, the the one thing that I haven't encountered too much, but I know exists um, because of, um, and I'll come back to the, why I know that exists. But anyway, there's these these things. Um, occasionally, you get vaults and uh, challenges that are. I guess I'd call them traversal based because some of your powers that you have can either like charge you forwards in a straight line or one of them can send you up in the air at the cost of stamina. Um, so they become like traversal challenges. Okay, fly through here, dodge this thing, use your powers, but keep your stamina in check to make it across this gap, yada, yada, yada. And those are kind of fine. Um, like, but the problem is, is like, like, I guess because you could stumble upon the vault with you not having enough stamina or not having the ability quite right i suppose it might be possible for you to not achieve those the game is right. reasonably good at like warning you at times where it's like oh you don't have the power to to be able to do this you get into the vault and then it <laughs> go for a loading pause which would probably <laughs> suck if you weren't on series x um and then and then you'd get there and then it goes ah oh, no you probably can't do this yet and then you can exit back out and then go for a loading pause to get back to the open world <laughs> and it's like it might have been nice to tell me that up front before i jumped in the hole but all right, right yeah um uh, but yeah, though those, I think the game like weirdly seems to like go more edge more towards those as it knows you as a player are leveling up, so you'll have those abilities. Um, because the puzzles are just getting, frankly, effing annoying. <laughs> like just like not interesting, annoying, just awkward to pull off, annoying. Um, to the point where there's been a couple of them. I now have a power at least where. Um, I can spawn a copy of myself and it counts as a light object. So I can put that on some switches and not and basically bypass the puzzle. Because it's like, well, I don't need to find the thing or do the thing you're asking me to do because I can make a wait <laughs> just for this little button and bypass this super irritating bit of puzzle that I've I had a go at, found you annoying, and we're like, well, I know what I need to do, but that's just going to take friggin' ages. So skip. Right, yeah. <laughs> so I'm kind of thankful they have a skip button, <laughs> which is weird. I kind of don't want to do the vaults particularly. I don't want to do the shrines anymore, effectively, like because they're just they're kind of getting getting annoying. There was one that was based on a pinball table that was kind of interesting. <laughs> oh yeah, but um, no, I, I, yeah, they're not. They're just not interesting enough. They're not. They're not clever enough. Um, and I think there's that problem of wearing thin. I don't know. I I wonder if the writers went through the same thing. So like, I I found like the writing and then the, the comedy aspect and the that whole sort of like, um, I guess buddy dynamic between the narrators Zeus and Prometheus 
worked way better at the start of the game than it does that where I am at now. Like, and I don't know if that's just, I'm not 100% sure if that's just me getting slightly tired of it or if the writing's just getting less interesting. I think it's the latter. I think it's just losing quality as I go on. Like, it's just not particularly funny anymore or the... I mean, there's there's the occasional joke where I'm just like, or where the game makes it out to be a joke, and I'm like, I have absolutely no idea why you think that's funny. And like, I, oh, I, don't, I literally, I literally don't get it. It's not even just like a groan; it's just a like, what? Yeah, I literally, I do not understand. Which <laughs> maybe an old person playing playing video games thing, but yeah, there's definitely moments like that. Uh, I reckon I'm about seventy percent for it. I'm not sure. I've like I've got three of the four gods on side and saved, um, but there's like so I'm now in the last area of the main island. But there's an area that I think is Mount Olympus that I've never been to yet, and there's the area in the center of the map that's basically the, okay, I guess the equivalent of Hyrule Castle in this game that I've never right, yeah. that I've never been to yet either. So I don't know if I'll. I don't know if we're supposed to go to Mount Olympus because this. Here's how I know that the game is edging towards traversal challenges because uh, I think I mentioned before the game is quite upfront about the fact that it has DLC and there's like, do you want to buy DLC? Like almost before you start playing the game, it's like, hey, by the way, do you want to do you want to buy the season pass and get some DLC, guys? Do you want, do you want the DLC for the game you haven't played yet? Sure, you do, um, and uh, which I don't have. But like the game actually sort of like there are moments where I've stumbled upon quests that are clearly an introduction to DLC content. And sometimes it's explicit about that up front. And it's like, hey, we've given you a fully powered up character so you can do this traversal challenge, which will give you an idea of what to expect in this DLC package. And it's like, okay, fine. That means I don't have to do this. Great. Um and there are other times where you do a, do a mission that is just like advertised as a side quest in the game, and then at the end of it, you can go, you can expect more of this from the Gods of the East DLC to carry on this line. And I'm like, ugh. So you're, you're, what you're telling me is I didn't need to do that. Um, yeah. And that was more of a traversal-based challenge as opposed to anything else. And it's, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, I guess you could say it's been Ubisofted a bit. <laughs> Well, More yeah, than a bit. <laughs> as you might expect, it's been okay, triple aid a little bit. Too much triple anus. Triple anus. So yeah, hopefully I'll finish that soon. Hopefully, because I kind of want to move on. To <laughs> I, I, I actually do want to move on to something else now, but I'm at the point yeah. where it's like I'm so far into this, I must finish it. Do you um, think you, must. you never give up? I must. <laughs> yeah, the robness yeah. is seeing me through. The robness. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Rob's time fucker. <laughs> Rob, go- <laughs> Rob goes time fucker. <laughs> Get open, too deep open, into a mediocre game. Yeah, yeah. But then I don't know quite what what, what I want to do next. There's like my indie list is obviously massive right now, so maybe I need a palate cleanser in the form of an, in, of an indie game. But also, you know, that cyberpunk patch dropped. Like, is is right. now is now, now the, the time? time. Yeah. I guess now is the time. Like, if you're going to play it, yeah, absolutely. Now I mean, is the time. I mean, I've got a copy of it. I probably should. Yeah, I think now's probably the time. 
we can finally find out. <laughs> and then we can get back to our Deus Ex playthrough as well. <laughs> <laughs> I have to know. <laughs> but also, you know, Team Sonic Racing just dropped on PlayStation Plus, so, <laughs> so I might be distracted. Fair. Again, I have to know. <laughs> yeah. I mean that one that was more legit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we're coming to the end of this. This has been slightly extended considering there was no Somehow. News. Yeah, how did we do yeah. that? Because I can talk forever about anything. That's why he's very skilled. <laughs> <laughs> but you only choose to do that on a podcast. Yeah, I know. You're That's quite, why it's a special podcast. <laughs> you're quite quiet. Otherwise. But you just you're, I mean you're do you remember the old thing we used to say about you, you as, a, as, a, as an early collision software developer? You know, Zeg the Brick. Like, you, you have so much potential energy that just suddenly outbursts when you drop it off a wall. <laughs> Doesn't make much sense. <laughs> I guess not, no, but like... <laughs> potential. Like, your potential <laughs> bursts out on a, on a, uh, on a, on a podcast. <laughs> or you could look at the alternate way of, like... The only reason I get to talk about games forever is because you guys can't stop me because <laughs> it's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're not going to stop you at the best of times. No. That's what we're here for. And I'm sure you guys appreciate it because that's why you're listening to this. Uh, and if you want more of our stuff, then video on our YouTube. Yeah, we've got videos on our YouTube channel, Happy Salad. Which are uh, where um, we sometimes talk about the game we're playing. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> there, might, there might be a little less of that in the in the in the next episode of the Ocarina of Time playthrough. There's definitely some deviations. <laughs> Indeed, uh, we'll stay mostly on track on the game we're actually playing in those videos. And if you want to know what games we're otherwise playing and our thoughts, tune into another Salcast in a couple of weeks. Uh, you can find where you found this one. Pineapples. Spoiler alert, pineapples. Yeah. There will be pineapples. <laughs> there are pineapples. <laughs> be afraid. Be Pineapple very afraid. myth. Imagine if you came across those and one of those things in real life. You'd be, that would be terrifying. <laughs> it would be terrifying oh. until you killed it. And then I think, as we mentioned on the video, you'd be set for a good long time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You might have to pickle it. You might have to pickle it. Oh, Preserve my God. It. Conserve it. Oh, yeah. pickled pineapple. Oh. Uh, can you pickle? Can you pickle fruit? I mean, I guess you can, but well, I mean, then, the real question and, is and then the real deep question, fry it. <laughs> well, fried pineapple is like a thing, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah a pineapple fritter, fried pickled mass. The real question is: if you Probably. try and pickle like a pineapple, does the like vinegar basically replace the sugar because it's just a liquid? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do the two like just does it just become water? <laughs> I'm not, not sure, I'm not sure flavour works in quite the same no, way as acidity. <laughs> you can't just add sugar to neutralise the sour. <laughs> Otherwise we wouldn't have Harry by Tang Fastic. No, exactly. <laughs> not right, catch, catch us for more random at the beginning of the next episode. <laughs> uh, for now, we shall bid you adieu. Let's get pickling. Bye. <laughs>